Kenobi. Kenobi! Hello there. fans welcome to another rousing episode of rule the kenobi on the kenobi podcast network (laughs) Uh, (laughs) this is joe in the pilot seat and yes we've got the whole gang with us here tonight um this is a special episode this is going to be a precursor to our regular show this week uh the crew did a great job last night i was a little under the weather um they've been backing me up recently so i appreciate that we had a great show with jake james lugo um, I'm actually getting ready to listen to it myself, but you'll hear it right after this. Um, but obviously we recorded that. And then one of the biggest things in Star Wars just happened to pop up out of the blue. And we wanted to talk about it. The great Kenobi series is live. It's going to be going soon. We're all excited. We saw the, the trailer today and we're just pumped. So to, to just let you know, it's Joe. Uh, you've got Joey. We've got Brent. We've got Alfie. We've got D-Doc. We're going to be talking Kenobi here, and we're just going to go through what we liked about it with a trailer and everything like that. And Alfie actually had another great idea that he can add to it. So I know that was quick-winded quick, uh, there, but welcome to Rule the Galaxy. We appreciate you coming back. And after you listen to us briefly talk about Kenobi, listen to the great show with Jake James Lugo. Um, I'll start off, guys. Um, we can we can go. It's a minute and like a minute and forty five seconds. We can go through and talk about it a little bit at a time. But I think what really got me today was when I saw this come out, and I don't remember which one of you guys sent it over initially. Probably Alfie because he's always quick to the trigger on that. The music, the music, and seeing this goosebumps. Like I just felt it in my chest hearing the music, the duel, of the fates, the Jedi music. All that, what what hit you guys? I mean, we've got a minute and forty six to talk about. We'll we'll probably chop that up quite a bit. But anybody across the board, what hit you? Because the music hit me. Alfie, we'll start off with you. Not only the music, but the like cinematic scope of this, the look of this series. It looks more like a movie than Mando or the Book of Boba Fett have so far. I would agree with you one hundred percent. Uh, I think Adam Bray, Joey and I were talking about this briefly. I think Adam Bray mentioned that in a tweet this afternoon. He said, it just looks cinematic from from the whole scope of it. And I don't know, maybe it's because it was planned to be a movie initially, and that's the route they wanted to go. But it definitely had a, a more movie cinematic feel. And Brent, I'm sorry, they're back on Tatooine. Here's the deal, though. So I'm glad that <laughs> like you brought that up. I said, I'm tired of Tatooine. I get it. Like, I'm tired of desert planets as well. So it's like, oh, let's go to let's go to the new sequel trilogy. Let's go to a new planet. Oh, let's go to Jeddah, which is what? A desert planet. Oh, let's go look at prequels. Let's go to a, a desert planet, right? So, but what piqued my interest also is it appears that there's either the bottom layers of Coruscant or a Coruscant-ish city. Or if it's not Coruscant, is it Nalhutta? Is it's it not like, it's not that it's either. Not- <laughs> So, in light, but it's not Tatooine. Correct. No, 
Okay. It's a di- it's a different location that is something that could possibly be either new or it is their off world. It is and new. It is- Thank you. And that is it's what I asked, right? That's all I ask. I'm just tired of Tatooine. I knew they had to, right? Like Luke's there. Like there has to be a piece of it, but I'm glad that they're going somewhere else. That was kind of one of my big ones to start off with. So thanks, Joe. You got it. D-Doc. First, I'll say, is my connection good? Because I had some issues last night. So we're looking good. All right. Um, I was actually in the middle of fixing someone's sink for them when I got the text that it was (laughs) out. And I like fixed it real quick, went back to my shop, shut the door. And it was going to be one of those moments where if someone like walked into my shop, I would have been like, get out. (laughs) Come back in five minutes. (laughs) Like... I mean, when Duel of the Fates hit, I was just like immediate chills, like, oh my God, like this is, this is real. You know, this is the moment we've been waiting for just to see him on the freaking screen. It's just like, man, we're actually getting this show. Pinch your stuff moment. Agreed. Joey hit us. Yeah. I, I mean, I, and I, I, well, when, D-Doc, when you say five minutes, that's because you had to at least watch it three times, you know, right? Like, it wasn't just a one-time viewing. You had to a lot, two, hopefully three times to rewatch it over again because I know that's what I did. Um, and, yeah, you know, I tweeted it out, and I'll keep tweeting it out. I just said, you know, I'll keep saying it, what a time to be a Star Wars fan because here we are. We're so... 17 years after our last time of seeing Ewan McGregor on the big screen playing Obi-Wan Kenobi and, and, and here he is. And he's in this time period that we've all wondered about of, okay, what happens when the empire is just completely crushing the galaxy throughout. And when Luke is a kid and when, you know, Obi-Wan, you know, is, is the old wizard on Tatooine, what happens? We're like D-Doc said, we're literally seeing it. You McGregor look fantastic. All of a sudden in the first teaser, they drop young Luke, you know, five or six or seven year old Luke. I mean, I, I felt like that was something going in where we were like, okay, we're, we're kind of expecting it. We're kind of hoping it. And then all of a sudden the first teaser, you get, uh, you know, a, a glimpse of him there uh, at the Lars homestead. So biggest takeaway. I agree with you guys on the music. So cool. Chills. I went and played revenge of Seth soundtrack while I was walking my dog <laughs> earlier. Um, and you always feel somebody actually like, it was funny because somebody actually like their dog walked up to happy and it kind of took me by surprise. And so there's this person in front of me and I have the you know, battle of the heroes blasting in my ears. And so I'm like, Oh, if they only knew what I was listening to right now, they probably <laughs> think I'm such a weirdo. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, what a time to be a star Wars fan. It's just May 25th. Can't come soon enough. You know, um, we were talking about it briefly um, before we got on. And, and one of the things that makes me see that this show is going to stand out, Look, Joey's a huge Mando fan. Like he he has become attached to Mando and and Baby Yoda, uh, Grogu. Um, I I get that because it is it is something that took the world by storm when that show came out. But I don't think anybody was, you know, they didn't have that attachment of twenty years or forty years in front of them to to get that way. It's just something that caught certain people and it really grabbed a hold of them. This is a character who. On May 25th, it'll be the 45th anniversary, I believe, of when he first saw the screen. And so now we're going to see this 45 years later, that storytelling in between what happened. And then you add Ewan McGregor into it, who, let's let's face it, is a is an 
A-list actor. I mean, some of the things he's done and some of the movies he's been in, he, he's an A-list actor who is very, he, he does a very good, varied array of acting skills to see him bring this to this uh, show. My daughter, Maddie, who uh, is 25 and who liked the prequels because of Hayden Christensen, she just texted Joey and I before we got on here and said, okay, I watched that trailer. I'm going to have to watch this show. And that tells me that it really stands out to people. And I will tell you that outside of the music, the next thing that hit me was the tone of Ewan McGregor slash Obi-Wan's voice. He almost sound defeated, destroyed, broken in some of his comments he was making throughout the the trailer. So that was the next thing that was on my list of things. So well, not only from what he said, but I just say even like hearing Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi voice back in something that we already haven't heard, that kind of hit me a little bit of like, oh my gosh, like wow, that's so cool. It's been so long. <laughs> Um, but yeah, for sure. I mean, he literally says we've lost, you know, the fight is over. Um, and so you got this guy who's just literally, as we see, he's just like, Hey, I'm out here. My main job is to look after this kid and just make sure that these people, these inquisitors who are coming after us aren't gonna, aren't gonna get them. Um, but I, I felt a certain, I mean, you know, I was thinking that we'd hear like, I, I felt a certain tone, a certain theme of of darkness. Uh, you could tell. I mean, we we see the shot of the feet of a of a hanging person or, or alien or Jedi or whoever. I mean, again, this is Star Wars we're talking about, and they're out here hanging people on Tatooine, like you know, they're hunting these Jedi. Like it, it, this didn't seem like it was like, oh, your your grandma, your dad's Star Wars. Like this is. We're getting into some dark times here, man. And I thought that was very interesting as well. Agreed. Um, Alfie. Those lines he gave, obviously you think he's talking to someone. And the last time we heard Obi-Wan talk in Rebels, you know, on the holocron, yes, it was a message of go in hiding, but it was also a message of we'll bide our time. We'll regroup. We'll figure this out. And now you hear him and he's like, yeah, it's over. We lost. There's nothing we can do. So the thing that I'm really interested in, and I've talked about it with you guys today and on Twitter and stuff is, you know, you think back to that iconic moment in revenge of the Sith with Obi-Wan and Anakin saying, you know, you, they sense a trap and we we're badass Jedi. So let's just go ahead and spring it we'll fight our way out. And now, you know, what we saw in the trailer, he can't spring the trap because of the timeline. He cannot be a Jedi anymore. And was that why he was fighting with a blaster rather than a lightsaber against the inquisitors? You know, I'm, it's just a very different concept and I, I'm excited to see it. Where do you think he was the one fighting with the blaster? When they were on the rooftop and he was being chased by the inquisitor. They were so, also in an alleyway, and he had a blaster in his hand. So I, I was going to pause like kind of that. Good. I was going to. I paused that one, and I was going to say that because of the shape of the blaster, and you see just a silhouette of the back, I look like Cad Bane because I saw the blaster. I don't. I'm just throwing that out there. Pause it and take a look at the way the blaster looks. It looks like Bane's blaster, and he's wearing it's like a trench coat. 
which he was wearing in the trailer. Yeah, and I get that. I mean, I mean, he's wearing more of a traditional garb, and he wasn't wearing the trench coat. I didn't think that that was Obi Wan. I could be looking at it differently, but I thought yeah. it might be it might be Cad Bane. Joey, who did you think? I, I, I mean, I'm a like the way the blaster looked in the shadow. I, I it, it kind of was giving me some Han Solo vibes. I don't Same, know. And, and then I thought Beckett possibly too. Like that was another one that came sure. to mind. It, is it Beckett because we're kind of in that world where I think Beckett had the weapon. Um, before like i don't think solo has it just yet because of timeline but it just i mean we all know how this this goes like they weren't going to give that silhouette and the back shadow of it and that frame they weren't going to give it to something or somebody who it didn't have any meaning like these these, that's how these teasers and these trailers and everything (laughs) work like every little single easter egg that every youtuber and whoever else is gonna figure out and poke out like they put them there so people keep talking about it like we are right now (laughs) so you know that whether it's cad bane or han solo or whoever it is they put it there so people are like i don't know if that's just obi-wan that might be somebody else so every every single frame has a purpose. Oh, for sure. Yes. Go ahead, D Doc. Did did you guys see the um picture where um where the Inquisitor says where is he and his lightsaber starts to spin the back mm-hmm. headshot? Have you seen the back headshot of Tamora Morrison compared to that photo? Oh gosh. People, wow. I heard people saying is that Commander Cody? Yep. So I heard the same. Be- because so I mean it could, it you, could be you look Morrison. at the back of that head, man. The, the, it's Apparently they were filming around the same time as Book of Boba, so that's what I saw people posting on. Wow, Commander Co! Oh my gosh! That, hey, there you go, though. Exactly what they, we're talking about. Every frame. I, I've said it before. You know they're filming all these shows relatively close in schedule. In yep. John Favreau made two movies with one actor, so he's not going to have a difficult time just like we saw in the book of Boba Fett filming two episodes with a fake Luke Skywalker in two minutes of Ahsoka. Hey, you got, you know, 15 minutes today, just read some lines and get in makeup. You got a couple hours. We'll Make get you in front middle. of the volume. Yeah. He can, there's no limit to the characters they can plug and play into these series off of a few, you know, maybe a week, two weeks, a couple I days of it. filming. I absolutely love it. Um, some quick things that stood out. One, when he's when when Obi Wan shows up and starts, he's on the EOP, like they finished off at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Um, I really hope that we get some personality behind this thing. Like, I really hope they make it a character of itself, and him, Obi Wan, and this EOP have uh, again sort of like this, like we saw with Boba and the Bantha eventually. Like we had with our dogs, like I, I just, it's again, not a huge, like main thing, but just a little side thing that I'm like, I like, I hope we get to know this EOP a little bit. Well, I, I love it because uh, as you guys know, at the end of this month, we're going to have John Jackson Miller on who wrote the Kenobi book and he's going to come on and talk about that. And then his thoughts on the, the upcoming series because uh, the Kenobi book's getting re-released, but the EOP was named Rue in his book. And it, it was constantly, Rue was constantly showing up in different scenes of that book. So I'm, I'm really excited to see if that, if this is going to be named Rue. Um, but guys, let's think, let's think about this for a second. We get Kenobi and in this show, in just the trailer, we see three or four 
Inquisitors, who we had no idea there was anything about Inquisitors until we watched Rebels. And now the Grand Inquisitor and the second whatever and the seventh brother and <laughs> all the, right. they're showing up in the Kenobi in live action. How freaking crazy is that? These are what we thought were like, oh, let's, these are throwaway characters because we can't use Darth Vader in every scene. And here they are. They're in this series. Go ahead, Brent. Not only did they take the the characters from the Rebels, they took the home base, and I know it's a beat a couple of people to it, I'm sure. They took the home base from Jedi Fallen Order because I watched the Rebels and they didn't go to the home base. That, that came straight from the ending of Jedi Fallen Order. Am I correct? I don't know where it happens, D-Doc, because I'm sure you know more about it than I do. But they threw that in there, too. So we're not only pulling in cartoon animated series, you're also throwing in the, the video games. Was that the water? Yeah, is it, water tower? Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, from Jedi is, Fallen isn't Order. That where, isn't that where uh, he fights Vader on that in that building as that building is falling apart, I think, in Fallen Order? If I'm not mistaken, see, I need to play that game again, man. It's been a little while. That's what I thought you were. Play that game to start, man. Sounds badass. <laughs> <laughs> takes a while to get there, Joey. I'm about a quarter of the way through. Yeah. <laughs> takes, it takes it takes a little bit of time to get there. But no, like that's what like that craziness was. Like I didn't realize it was the the Fallen Order homeland, but like it's cool that they're bringing in a lot of different avenues and it's again entry points right so somebody this this show will be somebody's entry point into the series it'll be like oh okay well you can go play video games if you have a, a passion for video games now because now you see these inquisitors yep. if you want to see them fly go watch the rebels right like they're gonna and fly. see i i haven't even finished uh rebels yet but i know the inquisitors even more from jedi fallen order like that's where i know them the best from and i, I need to freaking knock out rebels before this show comes out so i would say that's my new goal now. yeah yeah and that's you know that's what i was about to say it's like i like i know dad and probably majority of people clone wars is there like but i i'm a sucker for rebels i absolutely love rebels i loved it uh, and so, yeah, just the fact that like there's that much tie-in from that series to a show that's this important and Star Wars is 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 just awesome. It's so like rewarding, but just it's so badass just knowing like, wow, that animated series that was quirky and you know goofy and fun that I love so much is is paying off in a big way. Well, I, I know how much how important Rebels is to to Brent, and and I would say this. I, I have a daily battle whether I love Clone Wars or Rebels more. And I and I say that Clone Wars had the easier route because you had established characters that people knew from movies, had the action figures of, all those kind of things, and you were wrapping things into it. Rebels was its own brand new thing. And it had to, it had to bring people in or it was going to fail miserably. And yeah, you piecemeal in a Leia or you piecemeal in a Bale or a, an Ahsoka and you get that, but they did a great job of creating something brand new, giving you all that, and then having it lead into live action. Just crazy to think about. Alfie, go ahead. Okay, so we've covered video games in animated series. <laughs> in just this like two-minute trailer, you also tie in that, uh, that storyline that kept coming back in the comic books of the conflict between Obi-Wan and Uncle Owen. You know, how many times in the comic books did we see those two butt heads, yep. you know, going all the way back to that first one with the 
chicken leg Darth Maul showing up, you know, and then they're this constant battle of, you know, you need to leave and stay out of this kid's life because this is, you're constantly bringing him into danger. 100% agree. And I think it was Adam Bray and you Alfie who were saying this would be a great time and a great side story to bring back the whole, our Owen and, and Obi-Wan brothers. And that's a way they could play it off to where he's not a Jedi. If the inquisitors show up and things like that, because that was a long-standing thing back in the '70s and early '80s that Owen, uh, yeah, Owen and uh, and Obi Wan were brothers, and they had a parting of ways. But that could be a storyline that that really covers or masks. Yeah, some of Wait, this stuff. what? That goes all the way back oh, to yeah. Return of the Jedi, right? The yeah. novelization yeah. mentioned that originally in the, in that book, novelization of Return of the Jedi that Owen and Obi Wan were brothers. Yep, and that's why he took Luke there. That's quite. So, like, I, I mean, I kid you not. My entire existence, from the <laughs> moment I, I, I've been a Star Wars fan, I've been around Star Wars. I, mean, I joke you not. That is the first time I've ever heard that. And really? I'm not questioning you. I'm just like blown away that I haven't. In all the Star Wars media that I consume, that's the first time. I mean, I, what? Tell me more, Joey. Joey, I'm close to twice your age. Um, and this is also the same first time that I have heard this storyline, but I will also say, and add this in as a piece of evidence, it was in a book. <laughs> <laughs> I know Brent's Brent's not. <laughs> no, I honestly hadn't heard that. I mean, it, that, if that comes up, that will turn everything I know about star Wars on its head. I, would I feel like, anyway, I, I'm, I like I'm, I'm having one of those moments right now. So. I think it's just one of those ways that Filoni and Favreau can say, we're going to take that D character Little and that storyline that nobody knows and throw it in. I mean, yeah. wow. I wouldn't put it past them. They do that, do that stuff all the time and throw the obscure references in. They, well, and I mean, I guess it, like, if you think about it in a bigger way, like it makes sense because everybody's always like, you know, we want to hide, we want to hide Luke from his dad. Where's the one place who take him? The place his dad was born and raised. Like, <laughs> So I guess it does. Wow, man. It does make some more sense if they take, <laughs> he's got that connection. So he's like, Hey bro, hide this kid for me. Dang. I, I'm, I'm going to have to do some more looking into this. This is crazy. That is giving me some Lily Potter and Petun it's Aunt Petunia, right? The, who he lives with. <laughs> yeah. That's giving me some Harry Potter vibes. Cause you know, the, the <laughs> sister thought she was a freak because she was, you know, a witch or whatever. And they parted ways, but here they are taking care of his son. You know, I don't know, but man, there was something to the innocence of seeing just childhood Luke on that thing, man, that yes. just hit me like so hard where I was just like, man, I was like that. Like right when I saw that, I was like, Ooh, just like, I don't know. I got, like I, I got kind of filled up seeing it because like you said, the vibes of the loss, like you, you remember your wins. It's almost like winning a Super Bowl. You don't think about the Super Bowl you lost two or three years ago. Cause you, you know that they wound up beating the empire at one point, but we, we really like, you know, it, revenge of the Sith ended on a pretty bad vibe technically. And this is even going to be worse vibes probably. You know, it's it's like Joey said, we're seeing people getting hung like in Star Wars, <laughs> you know, and Luke's probably Luke's life is probably going to be in danger in this show. I mean, you know, 
you, you saw Owen staring down the uh, Inquisitor at one point. Yep. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be scary, man. Go ahead, Brent. So even with that scary and the darkness, there was the statement, and I think it was Vader talking to the Inquisitors that we can hunt them down because no matter what they are, they leave their scar. And he's talking about it in like a negative way, but they leave their scar of hope around. So it, the essence of a Jedi is always going to be there and you can hunt down that essence. So even though there's dark, there is that again. And I think they finish on the end of it too with Obi-Wan. I think the last word is hope um, right before they fade to black at the end of the trailer too. So yeah, I see what you're saying. And obviously I think it's going to go because this will transition into a new hope, right? Yep. Um, and it is the hope of the rebellion and all of that other stuff. But that was one thing that I think, even with it being dark, I think there is that the hope theme. It's going to take a while to get to, but it'll be there. I agree. And Alfie, I'll go right to you in a second, but D-Doc, you're right. Seeing, seeing a young Luke Skywalker sitting on the, the top of the large homestead, basically practicing to be a pilot or a pod racer and doing the same kind of hand motions that you see Anakin doing in Phantom Menace. Between the music and scenes like that, oh my gosh, that was like, that was just like sticking you right there, right in the chest. That was well, just powerful. And D-Doc, I saw, I think a tweet that you quote tweeted or tweeted, but it was like, something about how Obi-Wan waited this long from seeing Luke like that to when Luke shows up and he's 19 years old in a new hope and talking about how much he's like his father or whatever. Mm. Like that's, that's some, that's some heavy, like deep stuff, man. You know, that's, that's big time. Alfie, go ahead. Yeah. Not only would he have like PTSD from the Clone Wars in the fall of the Jedi order, but, he has to sit there and basically watch the reincarnation of his best friend, his brother grow up and think back to the original trilogy, like how similar Luke was to Anakin, you know, quick to anger, you know, always no patience. Yeah. That would just tear you down. And it, it's, I think it's going to be hard to watch, but to Brent's point about the hope and the inquisitor giving that spiel about basically how to trap a Jedi. I saw it the opposite way. I didn't really feel much hope. That sounded a little thronish to me. Like, okay, we've spent enough time chasing these guys around. This is how we're going to draw them out because they are Jedi. And we go back to who were the Jedi close to in the Clone Wars? You know, how can we utilize, you know, innocent civilian type people to draw the remainder of the Jedi out? And basically set traps. Agreed. Big, you did a little. I mean, big shout out to the original stormtroopers. Saw a lot, lot of uh, the original. Very uh, shiny. You know, the the transition has fully <laughs> happened. We're seeing the the uh, OT stormtroopers out and about in full force. So uh, that was exciting to see. Did Did anybody else catch this, or was I way off base? When the, whether it's Obi-Wan or whether it's Cad Bane or whatever on the roof and the blaster fire is happening, the birds that came out, did it remind you of the birds that were around Ahsoka when she would always have one of those birds following her around? If you guys could the look owl? at that screen, oh, yeah. Yes. Did they look like those owls or did they look oh. like another creature out of the prequels? 
So but, Obi-Wan's going to jump into the world between worlds? Oh, dear gosh. I didn't say that. <laughs> We're retconning well, everything. <laughs> <laughs> it just it just seemed like to me, why show that vision of those popping out of wherever they were? But it did seem like it looked like those owls or those birds from that. Again, like that Joey stuff. said, that was something that it's not, but we're immediately going to make that connection to. Because we're used to seeing that associated with this kind of, you know, the A-team of Jedis. They, they have those birds. There's a connection between Vader and Ahsoka and the bird. But I, I don't think so. They were a different color, like almost green. They didn't yeah. quite have the same shape. You know, things so, do look a little different. Look at the Grand Inquisitor. His face is a little shaped different than the yeah. animated series. Very, very different from the animated series. Here's another yeah. one, too. That's going to be so annoying hearing people bitch about that, huh? <laughs> it's already started, man. It's yeah. already that started. That's not big enough, and the fucking Inquisitor's head's too round. Like, good Lord, man. More people on Twitter to be like, well, it's just fan service. I didn't even get it right. I mean, good Lord, dude. Go freaking put your head in the sand and shut up. Well, in uh, well, in uh, episodes four of Rose, of uh, Rebels, he looks like this. Uh, okay. anyway. You're right. I've seen more of the comparison to how they that species looked in Revenge of the Sith. Okay. From Utapau? Yeah, they were the same one as that's the species of the Grand Inquisitor. Uh, they're they're from the Utapau. Okay. Mm-hmm. Real quick, the question. Um, so the eye at the end of Kenobi in a logo, and some of the art, some of the uh, still frames that uh, Vanity Fair, whoever did that article about it, that was released yesterday or today. Who who's like what lightsaber is that? Because the still and the uh, eye of the Kenobi looks like Luke's from Return of the Jedi. It most certainly does. And um and and and, and the frame, the, the still frame that came from the series from the Vanity Fair, or whatever, that's it's a blue lightsaber, but the head and the hilt still looks like the Return of the Jedi one. So it what do we yeah, it, it's definitely not prequel Obi-Wan Kenobi one. Who do we know? Like do you think we'll get a story about that? What's going on? It is not Kenobi's for 100% comparison. No. Yeah, Dad, you've got the authentic one there, and we all know it from the prequels. But you look at the one that is the eye in the Kenobi at the end of Kenobi, and the, wow. and the title looks exactly like Return of the Jedi, Luke. But then in the picture, I, I'm just like, what's going on? Whose is this? Did he get a new one? What's the deal? No, I, I agree, Joey. I mean, that was the first thing I saw. My my light is kind of screwing it up here, but you can see. That's not. Yeah, the- that. Uh, yeah, I zoomed in on it. I'm like, what saber is that? I mean, it looks beautiful, but yeah, it almost looks like the pre-version of Luke's Return of the Jedi. You know, saber like before maybe he modded it or something. Who knows, man? Only on this show do we go deep into the hilts of lightsabers. What did Qui Gon's hilt look like? His was very His was black. A lot, yeah. Sorry, a, a heavy thing of black. Um, it, it was. It didn't have the the thing that stands out to me is that little tiny neck that has a connector that's wider at the top, and you can really differentiate it from there. Uh, um, Qui Gon's was just pretty tubular. Like, yeah, I only asked because that was a ongoing 
theory for quite a long time that Luke's Return of the Jedi saber was made from Qui-Gon's. Wow. Never even thought of that. If I'm not mistaken, I feel like Qui-Gon's was black with a red button and just a little bit of silver on the backside of it. Yes, it was. You're on there, D-Doc. Yep, it was. I'm looking at it right now. It does not look 100% like the one in the logo either. So Maybe it's a new saber. Here's the famous shot where Obi-Wan is is eyeing it and it's starting to – it's starting to kind of move and rattle and phantom menace. Mm-mm. A lot of black, a little bit of silver, but we again, there's living. not a whole lot there at the top. We are living in Brent's world. We're talking lightsaber hills galore tonight. Love I it. just, I, I just thought it was, <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, well, that's again, like, as if people aren't going to notice that, like that, that has to be something. Um, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to throw this by you. I'm looking at the lightsaber hilt right now of Darth Maul. And it has a section at the top that gets skinny like that towards the end before it opens back up into a wider one. And Obi-Wan did defeat Darth Maul before this time frame out in the desert of Tatooine. Just throwing that That would be... Wouldn't that be after? Oh, it's after. It would be, it's after. The, it, it's after. No, Rebels Rebels stuff was going seven, on then, right? Seven years. It's like seven years after. They, at least the, the pictures I've seen. I, well, I'm just saying, I'm looking here at his his hill. Luke and Leia fighting. are like 10 years old in this series. Okay. Leia was, was a senator was a, in Rebels. Yeah. Okay. All Hold right. On. She was like a Timeline. young teenager, like a young teen or like uh, maybe a late teen. Hold on. Timelines, man. Timelines. So I just I'm, I look it up like lightsaber hilts. And the only one I know loving, it looks like I'm that loving is, this. is 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 uh, Luke's from Jedi. But what's I'm very okay? This. So now I look this up. There are two Obi Wan Kenobi entries, and one of them oh, is dang. from the prequels, and one of them That's is the from the one trilogy. I've got the original trilogy one right here. This one Let's, right here, though, is the one that we see in the Obi-Wan Kenobi still. It is. So where where did it come from? What, like, where? He didn't lose his saber to Anakin. Maybe he was a dual wielder and we just didn't know. Somebody's hmm. got some planning to do. I think we've Well, tracked. somehow Luke got Yoda's lightsaber, so <laughs> who knows? Right. Somehow the Emperor has returned. The, somehow the world the world between worlds he just walked in and he grabbed a different and he's gonna retcon his lightsaber hilt but there we go as we can see if you guys can tell so the two on the far ends of the screen you got luke from return of the mm-hmm. jedi and now mando and you got obi-wan from apparently this series and you can see the similarities there kiddo i do see that with the skinniness before it comes out to the end, yeah. Yep, yep. I don't know, man. Wow. Maybe it's one he so, picks up in the story. Because like I so, said, he can't really use the Force or his lightsaber for most of the story. At this point, I want to make sure that people who are listening to the podcast watch the YouTube because we are showing all of these lightsaber hilts. And if you're listening to the podcast, you might not quite see it. I uh, just want to put the plug in that we are can be found on YouTube at Rule the Galaxy. Um, we put a lot of our podcasts up. D-Doc gives us some thumbnails on that. But I'm going to switch it just real quick. One noticeable absence that I that did stand out to me 
is there was no Hayden or Vader. Just, ah. his, just his breathing at the end. Yeah, that's a, I, I, so right before we got on here, I because I only watched it on my phone, I threw it up on the YouTube app on um, my new TV in my living room. And just because I was like, I'm sure I'll pick up some stuff. And that was the first time that I heard the Vader breath at the very, very end. Yes. But no Hayden. Well, they're, they're saving it for us. They're, they're going to they're gonna shock the world with that one. And then here's the other question that I have for you, because we've done the breakdown of the Mandalorian, right? We watched the video of the Mandalorian and did two hours of the Vandal Mandalorian's uh, preview. Um, and that turned out to be like the first three or four episodes. We watched the Mandalorian season two and broke down that one. And that turned out to be the majority of the preview start was the first half of the season. Mm -hmm. We watched the book of Boba Fett preview. We've done a lot of previews, but we've watched the book of Boba Fett preview. And that was essentially the first three ish episodes. Yep. So, and I know this one's supposed to be short, right? It's a very limited run. It's only like six. four to six, six. Yeah. Four to six. So are, are we in for more? Is this just the yes. first, first two to three episodes? I would agree. I would agree. I personally think the first half of the season, you know, the Inquisitors, Imperials, whatever, I, I don't think they'll have any idea that they're dealing with Kenobi. I don't think they're on Tatooine, and I don't – or let me say they're not on Tatooine after Kenobi. I mean, okay. my question I have to ask, which I mean, maybe it was answered in Rebels or like, I mean, Kenobi had to be somewhat of a legend, I guess, at, at this point, right? Like for, for him being technically a war hero in the Clone Wars and everything. And uh, maybe I'm having a brain fart, but like, do they think Kenobi is dead or do they just don't know where, like, they're just like, oh yeah, that guy, like we never heard anything about him. Like, do you think that's something that would be addressed? Go ahead, Alf. Go ahead, Alfie. Well, think about it this way. You also had a young farm boy on a planet with the last name Skywalker, and nobody was really beating down his door. So I would say no. Nobody really. Well, because. At, at that point, and you go back to what we talked about before, the Empire purging the records of the Jedi and turning them into, you know, the bad guys of the Clone Wars. And yeah. thinking about it today, going back and thinking about the original trilogy, you know, we kind of always saw Uncle Owen as a jerk, you know, for holding Luke back. But what would have happened to Luke Skywalker if he would have gone, you know, to the Imperial Academy with that last name? Oh, gosh. <laughs> hey, we seem to know yeah. another guy with that name. Yeah, that's. I think that's the thing is they, you know, uh, well, they kind of uh, World War II uh, Germany, you know, uh, Hitler Germany. I think they kind of, they wiped. They, they tried to get rid of all that. They tried to, you know, completely shred the history of all that. So I think people were just kind of like, well, we don't really know. And we don't really want to dive into it because if we do, we're going to get killed, you know, kind of thing. Like, so my, my thing is thinking about what you were just saying. The only one, and this is coming strictly from movies and from visual, the only one that truly knows him as Skywalker 
is Palpatine. I don't do, do they know, do, does the rest of the empire know Vader as Pal, as anything other than Vader? Oh, I see. What are we yeah, limiting think, this to? Only a very few. I'm, and they, what I'm saying, I'm saying this, what my question and my observation is coming strictly, strictly from looking at the video, looking at the movies, looking at the, uh, not looking into the extended universe or whatever. The only one that I would know of that would know would be Palpatine because he was there when they put and grafted him and build him together. Everyone else would know him as Vader because Vader comes out like Krennic in Rogue One doesn't say anything about Skywalker. He calls him Vader. Like I don't even know if he calls him Vader, even, but like even Tarkin too, right? I mean Tarkin was around in the Clone Wars and knew of Anakin Skywalker and everything, right? But then, I mean, somebody correct me. Didn't he just? He was under the same impression too that it was just kind of a Vader release him like Skywalker. Everyone along with the Jedi got just completely massacred, and then all of a sudden Vader popped up. Like that was the storyline that was out there. Yes. D Doc, what were you holding up there? I was gonna say for my Vader scene, Palpatine is the only one there. So this is when <laughs> it starts off. It starts off as Anakin, and you pull this little guy out and turn around, and there's Vader. Oh yeah. god! Watch the YouTube guys. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I tell you what, I uh, I didn't I didn't mean to throw this on we throw this on you guys tonight. I appreciate you guys coming on here and doing this, and and now I'm knee deep in reading articles on how Obi-Wan had two different lightsabers and how Luke's and Jedi looks like Obi-Wan's original lightsaber. So now I got to go do more research on that. So that's fun. Um, any closing thoughts on Kenobi before we drop this and add it to our uh, Jake James Lugo uh, show tomorrow? Anybody closing thoughts, anything that stood out to you? D-Doc. Um, I'll just say, I mean, going off of what Brent said, I mean, we were able to just talk about this trailer for who knows how long and we didn't even see Vader in it. So, I mean, <laughs> this show is just going to be crazy, man. I'm just so happy to see it. I'm excited. Good, good. Uh, Alfie, Nick, or Alfie, Nick, Alfie, Joey, or Brent? Yeah, I can't wait. This looks phenomenal. Uh, like I said today on Twitter, this might be one of the best projects that comes out of being in developmental hell in Hollywood. <laughs> You think back to how long this has festered and be re, being rewritten and scrapped and shelved and brought back out again for it to look like this. And again, it's only two minutes, but I was blown away and I can't wait. Me either. Brent or Joey? I'll just say thank you, Filoni and Favros, for showing the world that Star Wars has a life. Um, because again, you say it came out of developmental hell. I think it became viable once everyone said the man, like once everyone bought into the Mando and the Mando verse, it became viable, a viable property again. So thank you for that. I always temper my enthusiasm for everything, but I'm a sucker for a trailer and that trailer was (laughs) awesome. Um, So I definitely am excited to see where this thing goes. And I will also say again, we're finally off Tatooine for maybe for a minute. Maybe it's just one episode, but the whole thing is not on Tatooine based upon this trailer. So I'm happy for that also. Yeah. Um, I'll echo, you know, what everybody said about in the Kenobi series. It's going to be phenomenal. Um, and, you know, it's going to be good to get 
as much as I love now the routine and the tradition that's become Star Wars at the holidays, it's going to be really, really cool and really nice to get back to the original and the originality of Star Wars peak, kicking off the summer uh, and kicking off the summer in a big way. I, I, I just thought about that. And I think it's going to be exciting. Um, but, but off of the Kenobi, I was um, finishing up moving some, some, you know, kind of nonsense, not nonsense, but some, you know, just miscellaneous stuff from my apartment to my new house um, with my wife and, and my dad and mom came and helped, but this was before you got there. And one of the boxes that we had, had a, um, you know, uh, a two foot baby Yoda plush doll that was holding a, um, was holding a, a pumpkin that had the cutout of the Mandalorian helmet on it. I'm, I'm, I'm moving this into the moving truck. And as I'm moving it, I'm walking past, there's these three, I want to say 12, 13 year old girls coming off from school, walking home, uh, two African-American girls, one Latina, um, Hispanic, uh, looking girl again, probably 12 or 13. I'm walking past them. I have this box. I could see a little bit of baby Yoda. And then they say, Oh my gosh, I love your Yoda doll. And I say, oh, thanks. And so I think, again, to my point, here it is. These little girls who are 15, 16 years at least younger than me from a totally different background, I'm sure, walking around downtown Indy, they see Baby Yoda. Not only do they not just comment amongst it about themselves, they make the comment to me, this older white guy, stranger, that I never met about how they like the Yoda doll. And so what we've talked about in my appearances over the last few weeks on the show, baby Yoda knows no bounds. <laughs> he, he, he transcends time and culture and, and, and everything you can imagine. Um, so kind of to what Brent said, you know, Star Wars is Star Wars is in the zeitgeist again, man. And uh, it feels good. A good thing. And a quick reminder. Deborah Chow, I believe, is leading the show, right, Alfie? Deborah yes. Chow. Yes. Okay. So, a shout out to her because obviously she's done some awesome work. But, guys, thank you for doing this. Thanks. Go ahead, Re- Alfie. Real quick before we go, just to highlight on Joey what he just said. So you can see, oh. she's asleep. <laughs> baby Yoda jammies and a big baby Yoda squishmallow. Oh yeah. gosh. Well, there you go. We're all spending our money the right way. Um, thank you, George Lucas. Thank you, Star Wars, Filoni, Favreau, Deborah Chow, everybody in between. Guys, thanks for doing this real quick and hopping on. We couldn't pass up the opportunity to talk about Kenobi. And um, hey, we'll add that show on. We'll add this on to the Jake James Lugo show. Check it out. You're going to love it. It's a little longer with both these together. But thanks so much for listening. Thanks for watching. And until next week, may the force be with you. Another happy landing. Hey, Star Wars fans, welcome to another edition of Rule the Galaxy. Uh, I am not Joe Molinaro. Um, Normally, Joe is holding down the fort for us in the pilot seat. Uh, My name is Nick Shesky. I'm a regular co-host with us, uh, but we'll be filling in temporarily tonight for Joe. Joe is kind of gone under the weather health-wise, and just we're wishing him a quick and speedy recovery. So bear with us. Uh, We're going to have a great show tonight, though, regardless Uh, We got a bunch of our normal co-hosts on and a really special guest that we're really excited to jump into and uh, talk some more about. But real quick, 
Let's go around the horn real quick. And you know what, Alfie? This just serves me right for being a guest host that doesn't do this all the time. Real quick, if you don't follow us on Twitter, follow us on Twitter at Rule the Galaxy SW. Uh, Joseph is blowing that thing up all the time. Alfie's on there all the time. DDoc's on there all the time, uh, blowing stuff up. And if you're listening to this and you already have criti uh, critiques or comments on how I can host this show better, you can email us. Uh, rule the galaxy sw at gmail.com did i get that right yep i should have written that down before we started but you know what this will happen again at some point we'll do it so since i'm talking to you alfie molinero regular co-host how you doing brother doing good man uh two weeks off i was really <laughs> looking forward to tonight coming back and talking some star wars and some uh, star wars gaming man we're glad to have you on missed you alfie it's never quite the same when you're not here we we call alfie the uh, encyclopedia of Star Wars around here. Normally, if there's a deep cut, Alfie knows it. I try. <laughs> I'm not Wikipedia. Yeah, well, none of us are Wikipedia. We all go to Wikipedia. That's the uh, that's that's what we do. So, going all the way around the other side, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, D Doc, how are you, brother? I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, had some technical issues as always uh, before the episode, but uh, we're here. So uh, I'm actually going to Galaxy's Edge for the first time in a couple of days. So that's on my mind. Man, that's awesome. Have you already started planning out like what to do and you know what? At this point, there's been so many different uh, opinions and videos and things I've seen of the place that I don't have anything scheduled even when we planned this vacation i think two months ago i couldn't even get into the cantina or anything like that so i don't want to build the lightsaber i've seen videos of that which i wish i have and i i, I kind of just want to buy one from a character <laughs> i don't know right Building maybe that's pretty lame, cool. but I, I know i know i don't know but i couldn't get in anyway or apparently so whatever maybe i will it's not Who that knows? great you're not missing anything <laughs> yeah but that that's what i'm excited for <laughs> we're packing we're we're getting ready and yeah so that's awesome man when you, you leave in a couple of days here you said yeah leaving uh friday morning so friday morning we land early and right to epcot so i i think i'm going to galaxy's edge saturday nice man very cool yeah. we hope you have a great trip man and take lots of pictures for us i know you'll be tweeting that tweeting it up all over the place and uh, take some footage for us just so we can vicariously live through you as you go do that. Hey, tonight we have a very, very special guest with us. Um, he's a, if, if you're on YouTube, if you're on Star Wars Twitter, you've probably seen him reviewing video games at some point. Uh, Mr. JJ Lugo is with us tonight. Uh, JJ, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. Thank you guys for having me. It's nice to meet you all. Nice to chat in person, you know, besides like Twitter DM and stuff, but it's good to see all of you and hope everyone listening, you know, gets a kick out of this episode. Yeah, man, we are so glad to have you on. Really, we, we talk about all different things, Star Wars, and yet at the same point, uh, Star Wars video games is something that we, I know, um, oh, hang on a second. This is what happens when you stream live and you do this and then you have your YouTube channel pulled up in the background and it starts playing through my head. <laughs> All of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, I don't think he's talking. I can see it. And so we'll have Joey go back and, and edit the edit that a lot. Hey, real quick, while we got you, go ahead and tell everybody where they can uh, find your YouTube channel, what they're searching for when they go to find it. 
Sure. Uh, you can find me at youtube.com slash gamers with games channel, or you could search on the YouTube search bar, Jake James Lugo. Uh, I'm on there all the time. Every single week, I post up a highly edited, highly produced, highly pro uh, put together video review, usually of a game, or it's most of the time it's retro, but I always get into some newer stuff like I did recently. Again, I, I got to review Halo Infinite not too long ago. I got to do a lot of different games. Very soon, I'm going to be doing Kirby. Uh, was it um, Kirby and the Forgotten Land? just coming up on switch soon at the time I'm recording this. So hopefully I'm not dating it too much, but I do a lot of gaming content every single week. At least you're getting at least one high quality video on top of everything else. And if you want to talk about star Wars gaming content, I reviewed a ton of star Wars games on the channel. Like even today when I was, cause I knew I was coming on this show. I wanted to get one brand new out, which I got to review the force unleashed too. So now I got both reviews for the force unleashed one and two on there for everybody to go check out. So go show it some love. If you guys can subscribe to the channel. I'm trying Trying to break 10k at some point so i still got a long way to go but any little bit of support helps out a ton come on man that's awesome yeah well i'm so excited to get into star wars review i i have a million questions i know these guys do as well too but but jj one of the things we like to ask really when it, when it comes down to having guests on is every single one of us has a different star wars story right so how we got into star wars really what what is the part of star wars that gets us fired up and and what's getting you excited today tell us a little bit about just your journey into star wars what that was like and how you got plugged sure. in so my family is very strong with star wars right the force is strong in my family my point <laughs> is okay uh my parents were there in 77 in new york specifically for the opening of the first star wars movie down in, in new york city uh technically the boroughs and stuff so it was like the bronx when well, they got to go see it back then my brother my older brother 10 years my senior uh had the entire collection of the empire strikes back and the return of the jedi toys from kenner so, and unfortunately, the moron, the little kid I was back then, I broke some of them, not knowing any better that it would be years later. We had the ATST and I broke the damn legs off the ATST. That was a <laughs> damn shame. Okay. But my point is, is that Star Wars is very strong in my family. And I grew up watching the original trilogy on VHS because I was born in 88. And by then, Return of the Jedi had already been out for a number of years. But I was watching the original trilogy on VHSs, sometimes bootleg VHSs, because, you know, the copies back then were a big thing, especially up in New York City and in, in uh, upstate New York as well. But I've been a Star Wars fan my entire life, especially with games, but really the movies. I'm an original trilogy guy. Uh, I was there in the theaters for the prequels, of course, like many of ours, many of us during our generation and some of us younger a little bit too. Uh, I saw all the prequels in theaters day one. I went on opening nights with all my family to go see every single one of those films. Uh, and then also now the, the sequel trilogy as well. I was opening day every single time a movie was coming out. I credit the one of my best movie going experiences to The Force Awakens specifically, even though I love the prequels when I saw them in theaters. But luckily for me, when I was down here in South Florida, I got to go see the opening night in IMAX, you know, and the whole thing with the 501st Legion down here. So we went to that first showing uh, at the Sawgrass Mall. The 501st showed up in force. They were in their outfits. They brought their astromech droids with them, literally. So imagine being in this packed theater, okay? Big popcorn in hand. By the way, we got the toppers for the sodas. So it was like Kylo Ren and all these other stuff, BB-8, et cetera, plus the big tip popcorn tins on top of that. And you're sitting next to, in the aisles, an R2 unit that's beeping and hanging out with you. Everybody's going nuts. People are dressed up as stormtroopers, as clone troopers, Darth Vader, Boba Fett, Mandalorians. It was such a fun theater-going experience. It's not for everybody. I understand that. But for a, Star Wars, a brand new Star Wars movie, day one, it was the best thing ever. It was, it was hands down the most awesome thing ever. 
Man, that's awesome. And, and so cool. Again, I, I think one of the favorite parts of being on this, we, we talked a little bit before, is you get to meet all these different people across the Star Wars universe uh, doing a show like this. And and while all the stories seem different, there, there usually is a moment where it's, hey, I was a kid and I got into Star Wars through either family or through friends or, you know, I was watching TV and it came on. So, so JJ, so cool even hearing that. I, I know I have a bunch of questions. I know these guys may have some questions as well, too, but um, I'm curious for you. You said you're an original trilogy guy. Which of the three rank up as man? This is my, this is my go-to. It's funny favorite. you ask that because I my favorite is not the best Star Wars movie from the original trilogy. I think we all can understand that Empire is the best of the original trilogy. And as far as cinematic, you know, masterpieces are, you know, what film like great film is for me. I'm a Return of the Jedi fan. Like I love Return of the Jedi for a couple different reasons. Obviously, you know, Luke Skywalker with the black outfit with his lightsaber. Again, I have my own. Whoops, I have my own. Return of the Jedi lightsaber behind me here. Like anybody who listens to audio can't see it, but I have my own Luke Skywalker saber there from episode six. Like I love that film. That And I saw the original trilogy in backwards order. I saw it six, five, four like that. I never saw it in consecutive order. And that was because of the VHS culture back in the day. And it, they were just, you know, passing around and sharing them. And I would see different films like that. When I saw Empire, it was obviously years later, but like it was sometime after I first saw Return of the Jedi. And then eventually I went to A New Hope. Man, that's awesome. That's really, really cool. Okay, so so you, you're doing all these video game reviews as well. I, I'm jumping all, all over the place here, guys, so so interject as we keep going here. Um, I, I'm curious from you. I, I know I play uh, – I we, we talked video games not too long ago, and I said I, I'm not a huge video game guy, but if it's a Star Wars IP, I'm yeah, buying yeah. it. Like, I don't care. Like, I'll, I'll spend, spend whatever it needs to be, you know, to play it. Tell us if you had to say, hey, this is my favorite Star Wars video game. What is it and why? Or the best one that you've re reviewed, if that's I've easier. I've reviewed and played a lot. Uh, my favorite, I've gone on record many times over the years saying that my favorite was always Shadows of the Empire. And it's for a couple different reasons. Number one, it was the first N64 game that I ever played because I got my N64 on Christmas. And that was one of the games I got on Christmas. I got that and Torog Dinosaur Hunter. And let me tell you some Star Wars game I'm in. And it's a brand new story with the original trilogy, guys. I'm in. Let's go. Like it was, it was part of that whole multimedia event for Shadows of the Empire, obviously, with the book, the soundtrack, the comics, and obviously the game, which was a huge deal. That specifically, that game is a big deal in history for Star Wars because that was one of the first if not one of the best at the time of the renditions for the battle of hoth that you could play this was like post super star wars obviously post atari 2600 star wars stuff where those were iconic renditions of that but this was the one that was fully realized in 3d at the time that was its best rendition but i love that i love um obviously the episode three revenge of the sith game i again i reviewed that a couple months ago actually before the new year uh same thing also with the jedi knight jedi outcast uh, and Jedi Academy games. Those are obviously some of the best uh, lightsaber games, lightsaber combat for some people. Dark Forces, if you want to talk about Doom clones. Like there's a lot to choose from with Star Wars since there's such a vast universe. And especially between that 16 and 32 bit and 64 bit eras leading into the polygonal like PlayStation 1 era type of stuff. There was a cavalcade of games to choose from and styles of games that were really freaking cool. Hmm, that's good. Guys, what else do you got for, for JJ? I mean, he with uh, Shadows of the Empire, I mean, it's funny because like how we always ask the question, when did you get into Star Wars? Like my parents are not Star Wars fans. So like, I know it's funny because I have uh, 
for the YouTubers. I I yeah, just unpacked a, a lot that's of stuff. A box that I had. Oh, yeah, I have my original. Them, I should say because I have multiple. <laughs> yeah, I have my original VHS set sitting behind me on the shelf just because I un unpacked a bunch of stuff. I actually unpacked all my PS2 games, which I have my Star Wars one sitting next to me as we keep talking. But um, yeah, man, Shadows of the Empire. I just remember I didn't have an N64. And my cousin did. And I, I just remember playing that game. And the soundtrack to that game is freaking yeah. amazing, too. So um, and like you said, the Hoth, the Hoth level where you can hop in a snowspeeder and actually send out a tow cable and take down a ATAT -AT or at at whatever you prefer. I mean, the, the game was awesome for its time. Word. Yeah, Alfie. Okay, so when that game came out, I was in college. And... At that time, we were still playing a NES. We'd gotten one from a, you know, one of those tr game trade-in places. You know, it was like ten bucks or something. We could get a game for a dollar. You know, every week. You know, we were college kids, whatever. And a guy in our dorm got an N64, and that was for the time. It was like sitting there watching a movie. I can just remember, yeah. like all of us sitting in this room watching this guy play shadows of the empire. Cause like you said, it was the first like 360 game and you didn't just fly straight. You could fly the, the snow speeder around in a circle. That was just mind blowing to us. It was no, something, you know what? It got better is when rogue squadron came out. That's my second oh my favorite. Of that yeah. thing. I did a review for rogue squadron recently and I, I replaying that game. It still holds up, but it's awesome being able to control a starfighter like in, in 3d space like that and have mm -hmm. it feel arcade enough to feel good. Like I, I would stack that control the way that it felt up to against a lot of other like flying games. Now these days, you know, obviously things withstanding because of the technology, but still it was so much fun to revisit that. Right. I have mixed emotions about shadows of the empire only because I loved it, but I just remember getting my butt whipped by IG 88 over and over, and over <laughs> and tell, yeah oh my gosh just getting absolutely obliterated uh kind of throughout there so okay so you you were saying before we jumped on the most recent one that you've done is uh force unleashed 2 you've yes. done both of them i'm a big force unleashed um one guy as well too any anything you can give us about this uh this latest review i know i know when we first jumped on i said oh that's fantastic that game was cool you said, oh, I disagree. Tell, tell us a little bit about yeah. just initial De leading. Definitely for the more nuance of definitely watch the review if you guys can. Okay. But yeah. for, for honestly, like the reason why I say that game is not that great is a couple different things. One, when I played the game and two, when I did some research on it, the game was developed nine months after the original game. So it had a very short development cycle. It was rushed basically. And it was also the planned second game in a trilogy. We were supposed to get the Force Unleashed 3, apparently. And sometime after the Force Unleashed 2 was coming out, uh, the third game got canceled because remember, the Disney buyout happened. It was right. in development for a while, and then it just got canned. Like a lot of other projects, a lot of big projects that were going to be awesome from Lucasfilm or LucasArts at the time, uh, all that was just thrown out when Disney bought Star Wars. But with the Force Unleashed 2 specifically, it's a very short game. You could finish it in a couple hours, and like a lot of the stuff that 
was good about the first game is somewhat present here, but also they don't iterate enough on brand new things to go bigger because the Force Unleashed, you're bringing a Star Destroyer down from space. Like that was, awesome. we never saw that before. Like that was awesome. But with the sequel, like they try to do a couple of things that are like awesome or at least on that same level, but they never fully reach that and it doesn't have the same charm. And on top of that, there's a bunch of technical issues and bugs and things that plagued it at the time. Mind you, when I reviewed it for this one, I played it through, uh, what is it on a Xbox Series S, you know, which was the 360 version at the time. So it's on the best hardware it could be currently. And even then, like there's still issues with that game, you know, and the way mm. that it's, it flows, the way that you play it out and a lot of the other crazy like annoying things about it are still there from you know from all those years ago but it still has enough charm being associated with star killer being associated with darth vader and all these other things about it well jj thank you for indulging us in that one of the reasons why i was curious and having you tell us a little about that all of our listeners you just got a little taste of what the actual youtube channel is like for more video games review please go check out jj's uh, YouTube channel, jump in there. I, I, I can't personally wait to get in there and just check out some more. And uh, I got a whole playlist this, of Star Wars. I was going to say, this is going to help me. Uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll save some money next time and just get the ones that you suggest uh, when we I go. Know. When I'll we go save some cash. Yeah, right. Well, and, and hey, since we're talking about, uh, guys, any more questions real quick before we keep going? Well, one thing I was going to say was I didn't know that they had a planned third game because I actually was watching the review of that game. Literally, I, I watched his review right before we started this and I was like, damn, I didn't know that they canceled a third game and kind of, you know, because because, you know, what's funny is when I played those games, I wasn't following. The, I didn't have the patience to watch the cutscenes when I was younger. So like, it's funny. I have the game set right next to me right now. Actually, I have uh I have the first one sitting next to me right now because yeah. I just was pulling out and some of my old PS2 stuff. From the PS3 one, that version specifically, the PS2, is a variation of what you got on the PS3 because all the versions of the original Force Unleashed, they have different things about them that each one of them don't all have, including characters, oh. modes, stuff that you could do in them. It's very different. It's weird. It's a weird uh, time back then. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, and like I'm I'm semi starting to run through some of these old games again just because I remember how much I love them and I want to go back to that. Like I was playing Jedi Power Battles for PlayStation One the other day, which is possibly one of my favorite Star Wars games of all time, just because it's a couch co-op game. Me and my brother used to play it together. He would be Qui Gon, I would be Mace Windu. Like there was something about that game that I just love Jedi power battles, but nice. yeah, I don't know. It's, there, there's a lot to these star Wars games. There's a lot of them out there, man. There's a ridiculous amount. Like that's not even counting the battlefront games, which are some of the best star Wars games ever battlefront two. I, I'm talking about the pandemic battlefronts, not the EA battlefronts. We're talking PS two mm -hmm. era PSP era battlefront so battlefront one and two I, I reviewed those as well a long time ago and revisiting battlefront two like after playing yeah that specific one like after playing ea's battlefront it's a night and day difference like you could tell like a lot of star wars fans if you ever get a chance to like look at those games side by side you're gonna be like wow like we had it pretty good back then oh hijacking ships flying them into the other ships hangar blowing up uh the inside of the ship it's awesome alfie you were gonna say something yeah i watched your video today on a bounty hunter for the gamecube mm -hmm. and it really took me back because you were going through all the technical you know bugs in that game and i remember being so excited to get that game because you know it's a, a Django fett centered you know mandalorian bounty hunter game and i couldn't get past like the second level because that <laughs> game was trash 
Uh, as far as the tart, I played that on GameCube. And, and the version I played for that review, I played the PS2 re-release for the PS4 on PSN like that. So it's like, it's again, the best hardware you could have it on currently right, right now. And even then, like there's stuff about it, like little like technical differences between the GameCube version and the PS2 version that they're still like flawed, like they still got problems. But just the idea back then, like after, when episode two was coming out, just the idea is like you get to play as this new bounty hunter that's related to Boba in some way. Like there's just a charm about that. Like you, you get excited. It was a giddy time for us Star Wars mm-hmm. fans. Hmm. Man, well, hey, since we're talking about video games, I know it's not necessarily new news, but I'm curious to get your opinion on it. Uh, JJ, since since I know we've talked a little bit about it, but Star Wars Eclipse that's coming right now, now being pushed and or not not coming out till 2027, which uh, yeah. I, I, you know, personally, we're expecting a baby in about five weeks, uh, second baby. And Congrats. when I hear 2027, thanks, man. When I hear 2027, uh, I feel nauseous in my stomach thinking that that kid's going to be five by the time that that game actually like we see that and that comes out, which feels forever from now uh but the cutscenes cinematic trailer that we got was absolutely gorgeous uh curious your thoughts initial response to that i'm sure you have a video somewhere about uh, i talked about it i talked yeah, about it because okay. that got shown first during the game awards which was last okay. yeah last year's game awards where they revealed it that was the big to me that was the big reveal that was the big one that they showed there throughout that whole show, even though they had other things there that was going on. But with Star Wars Eclipse, it's very complicated because of a couple of different things. Obviously, there's the crazy stuff going on with Quantic Dream that everybody's been talking about for like a year or two, if not longer, which I don't think should have a bearing on the reception of the game. I think that sometimes we get a lot of uh, people both in different communities, especially the greater gaming community, which is like the big umbrella that houses everybody, but also even in the Star Wars community where we let other outside things really take away our perception of of what should actually just be the game and how we receive it okay because that other stuff is still important but still what matters at the end of the day is how the game turns out so we shouldn't prejudge it before it comes out that's one two the problem with that game right now why it's being pushed back so far is because they kind of prematurely revealed that and according to some stories being passed around they did that in an attempt to get more people to come to the studio because obviously with some of this other stuff going on over here they wanted to appeal to more people like hey we're making a star wars game come work for us, which is not really the best idea for a number of different reasons. I've spoken to different devs over the last, like what now, couple of months about different things like this. And that's not always the best thing, especially when, you know, you're working on one of the biggest IPs on the planet, you know, a big franchise, you know, associated with it anyway. And it's Quantic Dream. So if you know Quantic Dream, they did games like Beyond Two Souls, Heavy Rain, Detroit Become Human. Fun fact, I helped write the guide on IGN for Detroit Become Human. So I know huh. that game enough. So if you know Quantic Dream's backlog, you kind of expect some idea of like what this game is going to be like. But they're talking a very big kind of thing behind the scenes about this game, especially on social media, that it's going to be, you know, action-based. It's going to have an open world. There's going to be some multiplayer elements to it. It seems very complicated. It's not easy developing games. So when you're starting to talk about all these things and then you're talking about pushing the game back like five years, like it looks a little weird. It looks a little awkward. So what I do hope, though, is that Quantic Dream at least not only gets the workforce that they need to make this game, but they also kind of temper a lot of things and actually make sure they can realistically make and release a game without just getting everybody hyped up for like a half a decade, because that's ridiculous. Right. Which I, I'm glad that you use the word premature. We, we've talked at nauseum on this show before of, uh, you know, keeping stakeholders invested, trying to trying to, you know, 
get people excited about things that are coming up. We saw it when they did the Disney plus day and they did, you know, all the shows and they said, well, we're going to do, you know, Rangers in the new Republic and we're going to do the X-Wing movie and, you know, or rogue squadron movie. And we've got all this stuff coming only to, you know, get in pre-production of some of this stuff and go, Hey, just kidding. This person got canceled or just kidding, which if that offended somebody, I apologize, but you know, whatever we get in the process of this, and it's not going to be a thing anymore. And as a yeah. fan, you know, Alfie has said it before. I think it's so good. Until I see the trailer, I don't believe that it's actually going to happen. Am I That's right on that, point. Alfie? That's a That's fair pretty stance. Much it. I'm like that with games. I'm the exact same way. Because you hear a lot of rumors, especially in the games industry, amongst different companies. The bigger the company, there's more rumors about them all the time. Like that. I'm like, listen, unless they come out and tell me something, like in a press release, or they reveal it on Twitter, or they put out a trailer, I don't believe nothing out here. Like it's, it's a fair thing to take or it's a fair stance to take. Yeah. Alfie. Since we're talking video games, I will make an amendment to that belief by myself. Video game wise. I don't believe it's coming until I see a game, actual gameplay trailer. Cinematic trailer is one thing I want until you release that eight minute video of this is the actual in game, you know, uh, playability yeah i don't believe it's coming i think that's fair for hype like i've been because again going to places like e3 and stuff you get to see stuff like in its earlier stages when it's first shown so it's usually just what's called a sizzle reel which is usually just mm-hmm. like a concept trailer or just cg of what this game's going to look like so you see a lot of that stuff but when it comes to like actually beginning like really hype for it then yeah i'm, I'm down with you on that one because when you see the gameplay you're like okay now it's gotten past the preliminary right. stages it's coming out soon <laughs> Right. Well, and I'm curious with that too, like with these cinematic trailers, again, JJ, you got to help me with this. Cause I, I, I know some of it, but I don't know all of it. So like um, the new, um, what is it? Old Republic or, uh, you know, you know, the cinematic Republic. Tra- yeah. The, the Senate or the, uh, what's the new cinematic trailer that just came out the, that we just MMO? all, yeah. That we just all lost our minds over um, the, yeah, the, the, that's the old Republic. That's the DLC. Republic. Yeah, yeah. 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 Which, which looks beautiful. I've talked to a couple of Star Wars people already that they watched that they got so hype, but didn't know the difference between cinematic trailer and like actual gameplay. So they're watching that and they're like, this is going to be the coolest video game ever. And I'm like, oh, hold on a second. Uh, have you ever played Old Republic no, before? Yeah. And they're like, no, I don't, I don't think I have. And you're like, just pump the brakes there for a second, pal. It, it's beautiful. It looks nothing like what you're yeah. thinking it's going to look like. Yeah, it's it's just, you know, that's at that point, that's just someone that just doesn't know, you know, and you got to understand, like a lot of us that are invested in Star Wars, invested in games, invested in entertainment and pop culture, we always seem to forget because we're so isolated on social media at times that there's other people out there that aren't a part of this that are not inside this bubble or this umbrella. So they don't know any better. And it's not because they're, they're stupid or not because they're dumb. It's just that they're not exposed to it as much as we are. We're kind of in tune. We're in line with what's going on right now. They're not. So when they see something like that, and it looks good to them, you know, understandably. So that was a dope trailer. You yeah. know, they're going to think like, Oh, this is going to be amazing. When they get the game, they're just going to be like, Oh, this was not what it looks like. But you know, understand a lot of those trailers, either it's a, a story thing to kind of get people hyped up or it's a concept, which is like, look, this is the type of vibe. And this is the type of, you know, feel we're going for this universe that we're constructing, or at least borrowing elements from this franchise to be like that. You know, that's the same thing you could say about uh, Star Wars Eclipse. You could say the same thing about that when the EA Battlefront games were coming out. Like, even though those games still look just as good as those trailers like that, it's still the same vibe. It's still the same thing. Right. 
Right. Uh, you know what? We got a couple of topics that we can hit on tonight that I think that I think could be kind of cool. Before we jump into that, just a reminder, uh, coming up at the end of April, Rule the Galaxy is going to be at the ICCC in Nashville. Uh, it's going to be an awesome time. I mean, just to get to get to meet some more Star Wars people, but to, you know, check out some really cool collectibles, really cool merchandise. I know uh, all these guys that collect all this stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm fighting so hard to not get into the collecting phase. Cause if I do, it'll be a dark hole that I never get out of and it'll, it'll just keep going. Uh, but that's coming up end of April. It's going to be April 29th through May 1st. Am I right on that? Yes. Yeah, through May 1st down in Nashville. All kinds of really cool guests that are just being revealed over and over and over again from Ian McDermott, the Emperor, uh, to uh, Anthony Daniels is going to be there. Uh, I went through the list just before we jumped on. Julian Glover, that name ring a bell? Nice. General Veers is going to be there. Didn't know that he was still alive, but he's going to be there and it's going to be awesome. Uh, And they are bringing out the squad for from the clone wars to come out to this thing we have james arnold taylor that's going to be there uh matt lantern or, or latner leitner is going to be there uh ashley Eckstein is going to be there as well too now yeah, i mean just all kinds of different people and i'm trying to explain to my wife these days like hey you don't know who's going to be at this and it just doesn't get me that far because she doesn't understand it and doesn't get it but for you guys come on this is going to be really fun I, I gotta wait. say too, when when we saw uh, Julian Glover, I was like, "Oh my God, that's Maester Pycelle or whatever yeah. from, um, yeah, Game Maester, it's Maester Pycelle, right, from Game of Thrones." Yeah, yeah. and I and I'm just like, "Oh my God!" I'm like looking at his picture from early Star Wars, and I'm just like, "This is crazy!" Like, there's a there's a little Game of Thrones Star Wars connection because there was a couple it, Game of Thrones people in uh, Rogue One too, and Solo, yeah, and Solo, Force Awakens. Yeah. yeah, there's and a lot more awakens coming coming to Star Wars lately. Like they've been going back to their roots, getting some good British actors, and like you know, a couple of things that are like cross pollination for a lot. Yeah, of see him all the time. He was also I, I in still... Indiana Jones. Oh, yes, he was. He chose poorly. Right. Dude's yeah. been a lot of stuff, man. He's a legend. Yeah. He, he's been a lot of good films. So we're very excited for that. That's going to be awesome. Again, that's April 29th through May. First, I imagine we're going to be recording some shows from there. I know um, Joe's got some stuff in the works. It should be a great time. Okay, a couple big items that we got to talk about. Joe sent me some stuff that I think could be helpful to talk through. First one is this. It is rumored right now that the Rosario Dawson Ahsoka movie is in the works. Have you all heard about this? That it was a series. Well, so did I, but they just came out recently and said that there is potentially a movie in the works whether that's disney plus whether that's theatrical not really sure alfie you've seen this right i have not seen anything about that and i checked my spoiler site right before we came on okay i pulled up an article earlier today that joseph sent me uh and it was uh they were essentially i'll find it for you and i'll have him post it back to the thing later i'm reading the article now yeah you see what i'm talking about and so essentially they were they were speculating and saying that there's word coming out that it could be an Ahsoka movie instead uh, of an Ahsoka. No, I'm not trusting that source. Sounds suspect. Yeah, I know that source. Where else has that source been wrong before? Help us fact check. Um they were the ones pushing a lot of the uh 
Han Solo in the book of Boba Fett, Han Solo coming back for this project and that project. Mm. Um, not saying they haven't been right before, but there's the saying about a broken clock being right twice a day. Mm. If Alfie's skeptical about the source of information, seeing as that Alfie lives on the internet. I uh, will look into it and see if I find it mentioned anywhere else. Please look into it. Search some more fuss. Since we're talking about the Ahsoka show, though, I've been sitting here and I've been thinking about this Ahsoka show that's coming. We don't know when it's coming yet, but we know, true or false, they've started at least something on it. No, not that I know of. I mean, because remember, they've still been doing stuff, obviously, for Obi-Wan. They've been doing stuff for Mando Season 3. Uh, remember, they are also got Andor. Already, I know Andor's they, coming. You know, that that's coming sometime soon, too. And keep in mind, there's other shows besides Ahsoka, which I think after all these right. that are dropping sometime within the next like year or two, then I feel like we're going to start getting stuff for Ahsoka. But then we got Lando. It's another thing that they got to deal with. They got the, uh, what was it? Um, Not not the droids. There was another show that was like a kitty thing that they were going to do at some point that they revealed during that, uh, that whole Disney Plus day. That was like part of all like the shows. It was like some other random thing. Right, 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 right. The droids, was it droids? I think it's it droids, droids. Is a Star Wars story, something like that. Yeah, I think sense. that one's supposed to be animated. Yeah, that I remember. All right, which well, we... just got a Twitter account this week. So did Andor. Oh, there's a uh, locked Kenobi account. Yeah, and there's now also a locked Andor Androids account. Okay. Good to know. We'll have to go follow that as well. Okay, so we'll table Ahsoka for now. Alfie, if you find anything on that, if you think it's full of crap, you can tell Joseph it's full of crap and <laughs> that he needs to fact check his stuff before he sends it over. Um, okay, hey, a couple other things that came on. Uh, just re released March 15th, tickets come on sale for Star Wars Celebration. You see this? Yes. Okay, how fast are those going to go? Well, with and I hate to be the Debbie Downer here, but with $6 a gallon gas, uh, a trip to Anaheim, you know, for a lot of people is going to be kind of out of the question. However, though, this is the same fan base that is losing their minds about a $6,000 two-night stay at the Galactic Star Cruiser. Like, is money an object at this point for people? Star Wars yeah. celebrations back after however long, and we've got people back together and we're coming back together. To me, I feel like, again, like I, I'm all about Star Wars. I love this kind of thing. I think those things would be sold out before I'd even have the th forethought to get on the internet and check it out. Here's a question I have about this. Like, didn't they also want me to do something for all the people that were supposed to go? I think it's the previous celebration that got canceled or something like that. Cause I know there was a lot of events over the course of the pandemic that right. they had to cancel. And there was like either rolling over to whenever they were finally able to do it, or they give them like full refunds or something like that. Yeah. You know what? I remember reading something about it. Yeah. Cause I remember hearing about it. Like somebody mentioned it to me. I'm like, well, that makes sense. Cause if you spend all that money and it's like, they can't throw it and it's not really anybody's fault because of this thing happening. Like, how are you going to compensate those people that dived in on that? Like it, it just would make sense. Right. And does that affect tickets that are available exactly. because all those people are already in queue and in line to jump in and, and come grab that? Man, interesting. I don't know. D-Doc, where are you going to be in line to go buy those tickets? And D-Doc is frozen. It's okay. 
I thought he was just really deep in thought. Me too. <laughs> right. He was He's really contemplating to this. how I'm gonna make it happen and how I'm gonna how I'm gonna get the. He's thinking like, oh, Star Wars celebration tickets. How can I get this done? <laughs> you sell all those uh, games that you got next to you. What, and, and what castle away. run do I need to do in order to get these damn tickets? <laughs> hey, we talked about it really briefly. I'm curious for you. I, I've been seeing stuff all over my Instagram, all over uh, some of the Twitter stuff that I follow. But people, all the influencers that got in and started filming from the uh, Galactic Star Cruiser, looking at it. I have my own opinions on this. I know the internet is a dumpster fire as far mm -hmm. as where this is at. I'm curious as your guys' thoughts of what you've seen so far and what your initial gut reaction is. Is it worth going to no. from what you've seen? No, I'm gonna tell you why, because I, I watched all the videos before even the embargo lifted because some people broke embargo when they were putting this stuff up which you're not supposed to do. You can get it some, and because it's Disney, you get some serious trouble doing that. But I saw all the videos that came out after the embargo as well. And the thing is, is that this is premium. This is supposed to be a premium experience with premium prices. You know, $6,000 for two people for two nights. That's not chump change. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a big like ask for a lot of people, especially now these days. It's, it's not gatekeeping, but it's walling off a lot of people that would totally do something like this, but it's gearing towards the people that have the funds to spend like that on a whim. And I felt from watching all the videos, especially from the performances, the, the choreography with the fights and stuff, the food, apparently, even though I heard some of the food is like pretty good, but even the living situations, like with the hotel stuff and the fact that you're constantly kind of rushed throughout those two days, that is not, if I'm paying $6,000, you're not rushing me. Like I'm do I'm doing my own thing. I'm gonna go do my own stuff. If I don't want to engage with them, I don't have to. Like you're not gonna do that to me. Like it, it's just something that I feel like a lot of people probably feel the very same thing. And there's a lot of different things being thrown on both sides on the internet. But the main thing is, is like who really wants to pay six thousand dollars for a glorified ARG? When you really That's think about point. it, it's a really good point. Alfie, what do you think, man? I have, and we've talked about this a lot on our chat. And I'm not overly negative. I don't, I want to be excited about this. I want them to make me want to go. And I have yet to see anything that really makes it like a, a Star Wars experience other than, you know, the Ray and Kylo fight. But that didn't look like anything I hadn't seen at Galaxy's Edge already. It you know, I heard something about this too. There's no John Williams music in this thing at all, huh. straight up. And, and mind you, keep in mind, and I heard the same thing about Galaxy's Edge. There's no John Williams music. How are you going to have Star Wars without the GOAT known as John Williams' music? Like, and they're getting him back for Kenobi. He's doing Kenobi's theme for the series. So what's the problem? Like, Disney owns Star Wars at this point. What is the problem? People love Star Wars music. Why would you not have that in a Star Wars-centric or themed land? It's crazy. I was literally just talking about the same thing with someone in another meeting I had a couple of days ago, and they were thinking about going to Galaxy's Edge, but this type of stuff is like really walling them off from going because it's like, how am I going to feel like if, if I'm in a Star Wars land and I'm not hearing like some of that classic background music that you hear from the movies? Like why? Like that is just crazy to me. That was one of my complaints. I've been to Galaxy's Edge twice and I really liked it. I enjoyed it. It's a real, it's a spectacle. And getting to do all the extra things really makes it an event. But without those, I felt it really lacked, especially mm. if you can't ride Rise of the Resistance. That's a big one right there. You know, you take away the cantina, you take away the lightsaber, 
building. And like you're saying with without the John Williams music, that was my complaint was, yes, this is a fictional city in Star Wars. I get that. But I there's also a part of me that was like, where's the Star Wars stuff at? I don't just want, you know, something that says Batu on it. I'm here to buy Star Wars things. And it's very limited in scope in what's available to you to actually be experienced with Star Wars things. It's all the Black Spire in Batu, which I get the concept. It's a cool concept, but it's basically like building an amusement park out of a kiosk for a ride at other amusement parks, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I tell you this, Alfie, a couple of thoughts on, on this as I as just from what I've seen, to your point, JJ, six thousand dollars. Like if I'm gonna spend six thousand dollars and I'm going somewhere, one, you're not gonna rush me, like you said. Two, um, I'm not interested in somebody who just casually works at the park pretending to be a Jedi. Like I want the full immersive, like I'm gonna be a freaking Jedi for two days, like two whole days if that's the thing we're gonna do that. I think for me, where where my where the rubber kind of hits the road for me is in the in the little clips that we saw to your point Alfie there's nothing that distinguishes this as like true Star Wars as opposed to like hey you're on a you know a sci-fi ship somewhere out in space yeah we have they they showed like the Rodian and they showed a couple different things in the in the stuff that I saw um but for me it's it's because it's lacking Star Wars too and I get it they're gonna do it because it's their property and they can do it the retconning for this thing, it's almost at like nauseam how they're trying oh, yeah, to work this, this this galactic star cruiser into stuff now. So, like if you read what was the the there's a the comic one read right, right now and a, a book that they so did, comic but... the uh the high republic stuff that they're doing right now with um with uh fallen star, the ship that pulls <laughs> um of course, now I can't remember the name of it. the ship that pulls that space station into place is this galactic star cruiser that they're using. They're dropping it in that they're dropping it in the comic. They're dropping it in this new book that's coming out about princess Leia and Han Solo right after the battle of Endor. Right. And I was listening to, uh, I got to give him credit, uh, listening to the cantina cast. If you've not listened to those guys, they're, they're great. Uh, but they were talking about this idea of man, like we, like that's like, so Han Solo, Princess Leia, they just defeated the empire. It's like the most crazy, beautiful thing ever. And then they go on a commercial passenger star cruiser for their honeymoon. Sense. Like, in like star that's Wars not even universe. in their character. Like what you have the millennium fucking, why would you, why would you not you go, go back that? to Yavin or go to Naboo? Like, yeah. And exactly. here's the thing. There's a book called the, the courts of a princess Leia, which I know a lot of people have issues with apparently and stuff, but like, there's a lot of stuff in there. It just feels dirty almost how they're kind of like, you know, putting this thing's like, oh, you got to go see it. It was related to all this stuff that, you know, it's like, come on, like, we're not stupid. Star Wars fans are not stupid. Like, and it's just yeah. one of those things just does not feel good. <laughs> yeah. Alfie, go for it. One of the things, okay. Two quick points that really bothered me about it so far. When I watched the videos, the rooms in the, everything being enclosed, really gave me anxiety, you know, a real feeling of claustrophobia. I don't know if I could deal with that for two days being inside, you know, on an actual cruise, you can go outside, there's pools, there's, you know, the, the above deck. I don't know if I could be inside that enclosed in that small of a room for two days. And then kind of what we're talking about here with the Princess Leia and Han Solo, if this is being 
retconned into the story, why when Ray and Kylo Ren fight, does he have his mask? Exactly. That, mm. that was something a lot of people brought that up and it's like, okay, we're just ignoring continuity now. Like, cause he doesn't have his mask between eight and nine. And this is when the Halcyon like whole scenario is supposed to take place. You know, and by the way, it's not broken, <laughs> which is the other thing too. It's not a broken version of it. It's like, come on, like you're not even following your own movies. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I looked into it and for us, it would be $12,000 to go <laughs> to adults. That's a big ask. <laughs> Two adults, I would basically have to get another adult to go with us because we would have to have two rooms. So it'd be three adults, three kids. And that's insane. We we haven't gone on it yet, but because of the pandemic, we kept pushing it back. We scheduled a nine-day Disney vacation at the Art of Animation, you know, Disney Resort. And with six days tickets, flights, food, everything, it was less than yeah. You know, it was three quarters of that price. Wow. That's insane. You could go I'll on and throw cruise. a rock at him there. <laughs> Say that again, Dida. You guys hear me? Am I, am I screwed up? <laughs> yeah, we hear you. I said, yeah, I'll throw a rock you, at the, uh, I said, I'll throw a rock at the Star Cruiser in a couple <laughs> oh, of days. Oh, yeah, right? I get <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's You're all messed up. That's so Poor expensive. Duck, like it's such a big ask. Like I, I've heard people talk about stuff similar, like similar to that. If you do the math, you could literally go to like a really nice hotel in Disney and stay yeah. there for multiple days, get character breakfasts, probably get everything at Galaxy's Edge for like a like a fraction of the price for the for the Galactic Star Cruiser. That that's nuts to me. Like some somebody over there on the Disney, like you know grouping our people that were making decisions like that board or whatever clearly wasn't doing the right math. Like, mm. because when you really think about it, it's like, it's really, it's a damn shame when people that are just on the outside looking in could spot that easily. Right. Well, that's like four times the cost of a seven day Bahamas cruise. That's yeah. insane. And I don't have to watch some lady who's pretending to be a twilight <laughs> sing a song in some <laughs> weird bar. I can go to a real good show on a Bahamas cruise. And just, yeah. There's like 13 restaurants on our boat. Yeah, right. yo, let me like ask you all something. 25 like, different bars. Let, let me ask you this, because somebody else I know when I was talking about it with me brought this up. It's like the fact that this is just focused on the sequels, okay, which I don't mind. I get it. And that's what Galaxy's Edge is for the most part. When we really think about it, if you're paying, paying this premium price, more than likely, it's going to be the diehard Star Wars fans that are probably the ones that have a lot of money to spend, which are more than likely probably people that have been with this franchise for 40 plus years, like that, or at least around 40 years, because Star Wars has been around for a long time. The thing is, is that why would you not try to implement other aspects of the different eras from Star Wars to appeal to people to get in, in there to spend money? Like, imagine if they did like a whole thing, like a certain month is all original trilogy themes or maybe Mandalorian themes. So you get to have people dressed up in Mando armor, or maybe Boba Fett comes to hang out with all of you in the cantina while you're having dinner or having drinks, or maybe you get to hang out in Jabba the Hutt is there talking smack, maybe having like people dances. You know, there's ideas that you could do the mess with this. And it feels like there's just leaving money on the table like that. Yeah, Alfie. So we went to Disney the first time uh, before Galaxy's Edge. It was being built. And it was right when we were there at Hollywood Studios, Rogue One came out 
on Blu-ray that day. So that's kind of a time frame. That to me was a hundred times better than Galaxy's Edge. Galaxy's Edge was great the first time. The second time really, you know, kind of lost its luster because they were building up to Galaxy's Edge. And to your point, there wasn't a focus strictly on this is Batu, the Black Spire. This is where it fits in the timeline. Everything is shoehorned into this. It was just, hey, you like Star Wars? We just bought Star Wars. Here's a buttload of Star Wars stuff. Do you like Star, <laughs> Star Wars t-shirts? You like sweatshirts? Hey, you guys, hey, you kids, do you like Star Wars toys? Look at all this stuff to buy. Mm. All the characters were out. You know, it was just Star Wars to the max trying to get you excited for what was to come later. And to me, that, like you're saying, growing up with the original trilogy, then the prequels and the sequels, you know, that amount of original trilogy stuff appealed to me a lot more than it did going to Galaxy's Edge. Especially right. being when you go there and you're like, you know, we, we talk about this all the time, you know, buying Star Wars figures. You go to Galaxy's Edge, it's like, well, where are the Star Wars toys at? You know, I brought my kids here and we're all Star Wars nuts. Do you, do you have any Star Wars toys? I mean, yes, they do, but not like, I guess you would, you know, we still always have that image of like Toys R Us back when we were kids, you know, and the, the full shelves of just Star Wars oh, toys. Yeah. The, yeah. the, That's the, kind the of what you fleet. expect. For me, know? it was the action fleet because yeah. I used to get a lot of Star Wars toys like that because I love the commercials from the Micro Machines action fleet. Besides right. also the Power of the Force toys and stuff because I think we all had that at some point. But the action fleet to me was like, you know, you had the ships and they were like action size. It was dope. Mm -hmm. It was fun. So awesome. That Those were the days where I would go with my my mom to the store and I'd say, okay, I'll see you in about a half an hour. I'm going to walk over. And I would always end up back with some sort of Star Wars something because it was on the shelf. And you could do it. And it right. And it, yeah. And see, the first time we went to Disney, all the stores were like that. Mm. But now when it's Galaxy's Edge, everything is catered to fit kind of in that time frame. Interesting. Well, so let me ask you this. I'm, I'm curious in this. Uh, it's all based towards the sequels. And I understand that we're doing this because, you know, we're we're kind of we made our bed, we're laying in it, we're doing it kind of thing. With the with the reaction to the sequels as divisive and mixy and like messy as it is, you would wonder, hey, how come we're not leaning on some of the stuff that we know is tried and true, you know, throughout, right? Like, and, and here's my other question for you guys who have been there and have seen this. I, I've not had the opportunity to go yet. Is it just, hey, we can't like, so like my big thing is, you know, we get stuck in, like, I, I want to go, but I may not get to do this, or I may not get to do this, or I may not get to do this. Is it a volume number of, like, how many people we're allowing in? Is it just scale? Like, we've just not built this thing to the size yet where, like, we have, like, like what you were talking about, JJ, we're like, we have Jabba's Palace over here, and you can do, like, do we just not have enough stuff? Is that why you see that or, or, or what, what is it? So, so from what I know, cause I haven't gone to galaxy's edge yet, but I did read and watch a lot of stuff from people that have talked about this. You know, the original plan for galaxy's edge was to have a multiple like Lucas land, like a Lucasfilm land, you mm -hmm. know, where it was multiple things or multiple stuff for star Wars. So it was going to be multiple planets. The cantina was going to be the cantina from Tatooine and stuff like original trilogy things are things that we know as star wars that are like iconic with the franchise we're going to be part of that and it was the meeting between bob Iger, Iger, and kathleen kennedy where she 
pretty much talked with them and they ultimately decided to cater to newer stuff as opposed mm-hmm. to staying in the past. That was the phrase I think that was used was like, we're going to go forward. We're not going to go backwards. And it's like these, the, these decisions ended up being come to a point where the Mandalorian was such a big hit unexpectedly for them. And they had no baby Yoda stuff. That's a famous story that they just didn't have it in galaxy's edge. So like mm-hmm. they were kind of out of touch with the way that people were responding to Star Wars, or at least out of touch with the, the fandom that they're, now they just kind of like bought for them. It's it's a damn shame because it's like, again, they're leaving money on the table. It, there has to be some other reason uh, us as fans like all over the place just don't know because we don't, we're not privy to all the information that Disney has where it just has it where they're just not doing it. Because I refuse to believe it was just solely that. Right. Interesting. Yeah, d Duck. All right, I'm back. Um, Welcome can you back. guys hear me? All right. Crystal clear. Yeah, I, I switched to the uh, cell phone. So, um, yeah. yeah, but uh, one, one thing that kind of crawls up my ass about it is uh, the fact that I've heard that, like, the Avatar world in Am- Animal Kingdom is, like, crazy. And, it's amazing. Yeah. I've heard that, too. So, like, you've got Avatar where they're, like, you know, there's going to be, like, seven Avatar movies coming out in the future, but it's like, okay, there was one Avatar movie, and, like, honestly, if that was all they ever made of Avatar, people probably would have been cool with it. Like, and you have Star Wars, and like you were saying, like, I could hear you guys earlier, my computer was screwed up, but, like, exactly what JJ was saying about the fact, like, man, that was a great idea. Have have like certain times where you have Mando, where you have Boba Fett, original trilogy people in there. But I think it's just the fact that Disney says, we created this sequel trilogy. This hotel is nothing but sequel trilogy. And I, I just think that's their view on it. Well, and like when I was there and, you know, there's been a few years, so it could have changed. But like you were saying, JJ, there was not any Baby Yoda stuff at galaxy's edge you had to go to another section of the park that wasn't associated with that star wars section to find baby yoda stuff that's crazy because they wanted to be immersive yes and And that's from what i've read that's why they're you know they there was an idea for a while of mando walking around and you know r2 and chopper maybe some other characters but they don't fit into that timeline that they've made that part of the park canon. So you can't just add things to it. It's crazy. I mean, that's really, you could do whatever you want. You own it. But yeah, exactly. Like they just I just don't think they understand it. what they have or at least understand fully the scope of what they could do. Or there's people that do. But the ones that are making the final decision. I just don't think that they're making good ones, you know, with a like, lot of this stuff. I bought more actual Star Wars stuff outside of Galaxy's Edge because at the other shops at Hollywood Studios, they had more like original trilogy t-shirts or, you know, mm. you know, Han Solo, Boba Fett, you know, hey, here's the, you know, the Star Wars 1977 poster on a sweatshirt. They didn't necessarily have that at Galaxy's Edge because everything, like I said, it's like a giant amusement park built you know, you go to Kings Island or somewhere and you get off a ride and they got that one little section with like the King Cobra sweatshirts and hats and stuff. It's like a, a, a whole amusement park that at another amusement park would be a kiosk, if that makes sense. Right. All right. That makes sense. Well, okay. So let me pivot this because I'm curious. We, we've talked before on the show about, you know, the sequels aren't for everybody. Everybody's Star Wars looks different. I'm a child of the prequels. Right. I grew up in that. And to me, uh, one fun 
piece. We'll talk about it on other shows later. Joe sent this to me. Um, Attack of the Clones, which is arguably the movie that I saw the most in theaters because that was just the time that I was in, you know, when when it was really real for me and felt amazing, uh, turns 20 years old this year. In Dang. May, which wow. if you don't feel old yet, you should feel old. Just I feel right old. Yeah. If I felt that one. <laughs> yeah. 20, 20 years in May. Uh, but arguably people who had beef with the prequels would say, hey, you know, an animated series like The Clone Wars really helped piece together, give us a little bit more backstory, gave us some more affinity. Uh, and by the time you have season seven of The Clone Wars come out, you know, it's amazing, right? And, and there's all this hype and there's all these people that are bought into it. And even people that didn't watch Clone Wars are now going back through at the arrival of Disney Plus and watching it. Same could be said with Rebels, which uh, we're celebrating a couple of things today. One of them being... Uh, it was four years ago from March 5th that Rebels ran its last episode. So it's been four years since that came out. And that has aged beautifully as well, too, and just brought even more people back into the fold of, uh, you know, how awesome the original trilogy is. Uh, based on what we saw in the sequels, and I know we've talked about it a little bit, but I'm curious, just since we have time going into it a little bit deeper tonight, would an animated sequel show help do what, clone wars did for the prequels you know what i'm saying like like would that help in your mind piece together and what would it take in your mind for an animated show to help get you there with the sequels to go oh well now i get this and it's awesome so that when i go to galaxy's edge and i go to batu i like like i'm obviously gonna go but it helps bring it together and stoke some love for i got a good answer for that like that the, they actually tried to do that remember star wars resistance was a thing and not a lot of people watched it not a lot of people cared to watch it and i think that people are kind of wrong with that because it took it was a long time before we got that cg clone Wars show the one that really kind of complemented what was going on from attack of the clones especially towards revenge of the sith was the aronofsky show for clone wars the one that was on cartoon network the 2d one Mm -hmm. done by the same people as Aronofsky for anybody that doesn't know he did Samurai Jack that's why it looks like that and that got people hyped up again for Star Wars even though they had their issues with the movies and stuff I think the problem is is that there's been such a bad vibe with the discussion of the sequel trilogy I don't think it's just the movies themselves which again it's a very subjective thing I have my own thoughts and everybody has their own thoughts with it but everybody I think can agree with the way that these movies cause people to talk to each other and the talk about Star Wars is really the crux of the issue for a lot of this stuff. And I think also a lot of that is on Lucasfilm, you know, and, and Disney to accept, but really Lucasfilm with the way they kind of like, they didn't, like, they didn't ask for that stuff, but they nurtured it as it was going on and allowed people to nurture it further, which I think did a lot of damage for the perception of these movies. And then everything after the movies came out, I think did not help. I think you see a lot of people now really burnt out with just dealing with a lot of that stuff from the sequel trilogy that getting back to some of this other time frame with Mandalorian and seeing other stuff and, you know, harken back to the prequels, which is what we're kind of getting with Kenobi, like as that tie into the original trilogy, but really it's a prequel show when you look at it. Uh, I think it's just a breath of fresh air for them. And I think it's mm. going to be a lot longer before there's a lot more people that want to revisit that revisit mm. the sequels trilogy. I mean, Dito, oh, Alfie? Totally agree with that because I don't enjoy at all talking about the sequels. And that has nothing to do with the movies themselves. It's just that that bitterness, that visceral from people that either just you just can't have a discussion about it without people just going nuclear. And I don't understand that. I mean, I I went through the prequel stuff. I remember what it was like. And 
there was a lot of, of, you know, dislike, a lot of hate towards Attack of the Clones and the Phantom Menace. But to me, what really helped me more than the, the shows was listening to the commentary from George Lucas and the people that worked on it. I, you know, oh, that dialogue between Anakin and Padme and Attack of the Clones is just terrible. But after listening and kind of getting where we were going with this, what we were trying for, it still doesn't hit right with me, but I understand it more. And Mm. I think if I would take the time and look into some of that behind the scenes stuff on the sequels, I may feel a little bit differently. But like you said, JJ, that I'm, I'm so wore out and I don't want to have any of that. If I, you know, have the desire to watch a movie. I just want to watch it and enjoy it. I don't want to have any discussions anymore. I'm burnt out on it. <laughs> yeah. And I, honestly, I think that part, part of uh, what Alfie's saying, I mean, I, I think that's one of the reasons why I enjoy Cairo, who's been on our show so much is he has a very good way of talking about what was good about the sequel trilogies and what issues he had with it without like some someone wanted to kill you over it basically because there is a faction of people where you can't say anything bad about them at all or you are you're you're the you are the problem with star wars and it's like i i i have my issues with it but i got a damn bb8 sitting behind me i've got ray's figure sitting behind me i got kylo ren i mean there's a lot that i enjoyed about it and could uh could an animated series help it probably but everybody who wants to hate on it is going to be sitting there waiting to hate on it. And everybody wants to love it is going to be sitting there wanting to love it. And they're going to be ready to battle basically. Mm. Like, cause I, I think it just would have helped them if they chose one director for all three movies, then one person could answer for all of this because no matter whatever happens, Everyone will always say Ryan Johnson was in the middle of it and changed what it was supposed to be. And there's mm-hmm. nothing we can do to change that. So we well, just so have some, to accept it. <laughs> something interesting that I'm hearing after you talked about, you know, when the prequels came out, there was hate, but you could at least converse about it, right? Like you could at least have conversation yeah. about it. What I'm wondering is, is this a greater, and again, you know, without divulging too much into the Twitter sphere, because well, and part, I partially don't care because this may be the last show I host off of how this one's gone so far anyway. But <laughs> like when it comes down to it, um, is this a bigger narrative on culture than it is to the actual Star Wars movie? Of, no. Like I, when, when somebody said, you know, I, I can't remember who it was on here, said, you know, we we can't talk about it without it exploding into something else. And I'm sitting here going, I can think of about four or five other hot topics right now that you can't talk about. Well, in well that's the thing, culture. you know, it's, it's funny you say that because it, it's not the fandoms or fans' fault for it being like that. It's solely on Lucasfilm. And the reason why I say that, I've said it for years since the, the sequel trilogy ended, or not years, but like a while since the sequel trilogy ended, is because they uh, fed into that type of stuff. They allowed certain people, especially those representing Lucasfilm, to go, go out there and talk like that to fans. You know, And it's not necessarily because, let's be honest, like there, there are certain bad aspects of every type of fandom. Look, I'm, I'm a gamer. I've been a gamer my my whole life i understand that there are certain factions of video games that is like not the best and especially throughout the years especially in the early 2000s now, let's be real as soon as xbox live came out 
you know, on the original Xbox and stuff, you know exactly what I mean. The point <laughs> is, though, is that the difference between that type of vitriol, vitriol, that type of vitriol that we saw with the prequel era and the vitriol that we've seen now is that back then, while there is vitriol is never a good thing, but you never saw George Lucas going out there and edging people on. I mean, he had his Jar Jar jokes. Let's let's be real. Like he had a couple jokes here and there, but he wasn't actively going on and calling fans things, or he wasn't actively letting some of his people go out and do that. He wasn't actively insinuating something that if you have a difference in opinion about a character, this is what you are to us. Like this is what you've seen a lot of in this era of Star Wars. And let's be real. A lot of the actors and a lot of the people that are behind the scenes that have worked on these films, a lot of them never asked for that to happen. It kind of just did happen. And Lucasfilm and even Disney to an extent, but really Lucasfilm never really kind of like, you know, honed that in. They never really kind of like looked over stuff in the way that they probably should have, you know? And, and I think it's kind of, it's their responsibility. So it's, it's kind of like, make sure like, look, you could be a Star Wars fan and feel differently. You're still welcome to be a fan. Like not everybody is vitriolic for having a difference in opinion. Like I wanted to like Ray. A lot of people say like oh, a bunch of different things about Ray and stuff. And I wanted to like her, but like, I'm not just going to sit here and just like, like the things that I dislike because, you know, I don't want to be called names and stuff online. And that's what I feel like a lot of people felt like that for years. You know, it shows, you know, look at the response that they got to the Mandalorian as opposed to what they saw for all three sequel movies. You know, you can't just ignore that. Right. Right. Which, in, in you know, speaking to an animated show makes me go, we've talked it on this show before about the idea of, you know, what's so great about the Mandalorian. It takes known commodities of a world that we already love and integrates some new. Brent Dykeman loves him some new, right? Like it, he's one of our other co-hosts and, and it does a good job of, of being able to tie that in and do that. What I would be curious in is if you did do an animated show, how long down the road do you need to do it? where maybe some of the steam has died down a little bit where, you know, when, um, when Clone Wars first came out, I couldn't stand Ahsoka Tano. You know, I was, I was like, this is the most annoying. I despise everything that's happening in, in here. By the time we get to season seven of Clone Wars, I'm uh, getting goosebumps, you know, watching this stuff kind of play through and, and go through. So I hope to be surprised. I hope that, you know, Kathleen Kennedy's come out and said at some point, you know, this, there will be more Star Wars stories with these characters at some point. Now, if that's true or not, who freaking knows, but could be. Yeah, Alfie. That's one of the issues that I kind of have with Star Wars and the sequel trilogy right now. And this comes from being a parent with young children that really liked the sequels. Like I liked the original trilogy when I was their age. And one thing that really angers me, not I won't say anger, but let's just say I don't necessarily agree with is man. Did they dump those characters fast or what? Man. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> and that really pisses me off because we bought into to that. My daughter loves Ray. And now all of a sudden there is nothing, you know, like you were saying, you know, remember the, the forces female, you know, uh, women rule the galaxy and stuff that, that whole campaign that they were pushing, you know, with the forces of destiny and all that, my daughters love that. And now, you know, how many years has it been since the rise of Skywalker and there's still no Ray Skywalker figure. There's no, you know, she asks all the time for a yellow lightsaber. There's no Ray toy lightsaber. There's no Ben solo, but every new release of black series or vintage collection is 
you know, new repainted clone troopers, you know, another version of the Mandalorian, not saying that those aren't great because I buy all of them because they are awesome, but to get this next generation invested into this trilogy and then just to completely cut it off. I don't agree with that decision. Yeah. You know, I would like to see them support those characters. Right. Right, man, that stuff. So hoping that could be a thing and guys, what other, what other topics do we have tonight? I know we've gone for a while now and we don't want to keep, keep everybody forever yet. Go for it. Quick question for JJ here. I got two of them. Tough. Hey, you, we, we hit on, what you thought was the best Star Wars game. Mm-hmm. What's the worst Star Wars game? Masters of Tarascasi. Straight up. Straight yeah. up. I reviewed yeah, it the- on the channel. You could go watch it when you get a chance. And it is by far not only the worst Star Wars game, but one of the worst fighting games I have ever played. And yeah, I played a, a lot one. of them. A ridiculous amount of them. It is are completely broken as a game. Like it's really bad. <laughs> Were you as surprised as I was to see that come back in solo? Uh, well, I, I, I'm not surprised at the mention because Terrace Kasi has been mentioned in other aspects of the extended universe. I'm pretty sure. Like, I would not be surprised like if there was like stuff in the comics and the books and it was neat to see it like talked about in some right. fashion. It would have been nice to see art and Lynn in some fashion in a different live action. Thing. That's what I thought one of the, the biker gang uh, people was going to be when they showed that mm-hmm. in the Mandalorian or the book of Boba Fett. And that wasn't the case, but it's still like, that game is terrible, but like there are elements in it that could work, even though the, the, you know, the whole story with that game, even then doesn't even make sense with the original trilogy. It's like all over the place. Hmm. What was your second question, Alfie? What was the first star Wars game you played? The first star Wars game I ever played. Yeah. Because I played super star Wars. So I would say, no, actually, no, I did play super star Wars before I played Shaz Empire. So yeah, I would have to say either super star Wars or super empire. Like that, it was one of those games. I remember on Super Nintendo. Yeah, I remember those. Actually, no, 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 no. I want to say before that, because my parents had an Atari 2600. So no, it was the Empire Strikes Back on Atari 2600. I own that. You know, I own multiple copies of that. And so probably getting the timeframes mixed up, but I would probably have to say that. I think that was my first one was Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, D-Duck, you got something? Yeah, um, number one, what do you think about Star Wars. I Star bought that Fighter. not too long ago. I, I got a, a retro gaming store that I go to, and I bought that, and I bought Jedi Starfighter. You know, as, nice. a, as a pack. So I have them all. I have all the the PS2 Star Wars games. I think currently right now. The, this game, uh, I remember when I got this. Uh, just being the first level, playing as the N1 Starfighter. Um, man, it was like it was just awesome. I mean, I was a, I was a pod racer guy. Like I remember I used to go to my mom with, or go to the stores with my mom to like Boscov's cause they would have the N64 set up in the store and it always had pod racer on it. Yeah. And if another, that recently, that you got to yeah, play pod racer. yeah, like another, if there was another kid at it, I would just kind of like lurk, like in the corner of the clothes section, like waiting for him to <laughs> like for his mom to come over and like pull him off. Cause I only have PS one and like, uh, and which this power yeah. battles is my, is one of my favorites. Uh, what do you, have you ever played Jedi power I battles? Played power be my battles. Question. I, I, if you want a real obscure one, uh, star Wars demolition on, on the PS one as well. <laughs> I did a review on that too. And I remember that know, game. 
the, all the PS1 Star Wars games, funny enough, kind of look the same with the way that they just, even though they're different style of games and stuff. But I played Jedi Power Battles and I played the, the episode one game very briefly. I never finished them because again, they, they were just kind of like whatever games at the time for me. But I, I recently did a video on Demolition and that was that was like, again, if you like Twisted Metal, but like imagine a diet version of Twisted Metal with Star Wars characters. That's pretty funny. That, that's what I was going to say. From what I remember, that was like the, the Star Wars Twisted Metal version. I remember when that was out. But yeah, I'll, Jedi Power Battles, though, man. Give it, give it a shot for a review in the future because like that game is just, in my opinion, I, it's, it's wonky because it's PS1, but for a PS1 game, it's damn good. I was just playing it the other night. I feel like power battles, it, if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have gotten the episode three game the way we did. I feel like mm. because episode three game is exact, almost exactly like what you got with power battles, just different approach and better graphics, obviously. The episode three game is phenomenal. That game has problems too. <laughs> it's, it has a ton of problems. I get it. I'm, I'm again, sentimental value that I hold on to. Fantastic. Yeah, everybody was hyped to that game. Everybody yeah. had that before the movie came out, which was That's great. exactly right. That's exactly right. Very cool. Well, guys, we've been going for a while tonight. JJ, thank you so much for being on with us tonight. Yeah, Alfie, you got something else? Oh, no, I just have an armrest right here. Oh, gotcha. Okay, I do want to make sure. Thank you so much for being on with us tonight, JJ. One more time, give it to everybody where they can follow you on Twitter, where they can find you on YouTube, just, just so everybody can find you. Yeah, sure. Uh, again, I appreciate you guys having me on. If you guys that are listening to this now or watching this, you know, you guys want to know uh, about my stuff and you want to check out some of my content again weekly gaming content i put up on my youtube channel youtube.com slash gamers with channel or just search jake james lugo in the search box on youtube you can follow me at jake james lugo on twitter uh, i'm always posting stuff on there every single day new video stuff gaming related things i talk about because i review a lot of games get to talk about a lot of games stuff, not just star wars but uh, also patreon.com slash jake james lugo that's where i put up exclusive stuff including podcasts exclusive videos and a whole bunch of other things and also Instagram at Jake James Lugo and TikTok at Jake James Lugo. I post up a lot of stuff all over the place. So check it out, sub to this, the YouTube channel, show some love and let me know if you enjoy it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Hey, as we get ready to close out tonight, I do want to give two shout outs. One uh, celebrating today that when, when we're recording this, it is international women's day today. If you are a woman that's listening to our podcast uh, we just are really grateful for you guys. And we're super grateful to have you be a part of our larger Star Wars universe together. Thanks for listening and making this happen. Uh, the second one is this. Oh, and while we're talking about International Women's Day, big shout out to all of our wives who let us get on this podcast and come, mm -hmm. you know, take some time away and come do that. They're not going to listen to that anyway, but if they, just in case they ever do, they'll know that we appreciate them. And that's a thing. Two, happy birthday to Mr. Freddie Prince Jr. today, our very own beloved Kane and Jairus. Uh, I know he may be listening. So, hey, happy birthday to you. Hope you have a great day. May the force be with you. As always, Alfie, D-Doc, thanks for jumping on tonight. Uh, again, I don't normally sit in the pilot seat, so if you're listening to this week and you're like, man, that was really great, y'all should listen to next week because Joseph's going to be back and it's going to be even better. And if you listen to tonight, you're like, that was not great. You should listen to next week because Joseph's going to be back and it's going to be better and <laughs> it'll, be a, it'll be a great show. Alfie. One real quick thing I forgot to ask earlier, but JJ, will you be doing a video on the upcoming LEGO game? Yes, of course. I'm waiting. I got on pre-order. I'm waiting to, to get that. I saw that game at E3 early with the media so i've been waiting on that one for quite a while all the dlc that came out yesterday i, I was pretty hyped about that
It's excellent. Well, cool. Hey, thank you everyone who's listened all the way to this point. Again, reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at rule the galaxy SW shoot us some emails. Let us know what your favorite star Wars video games are. We'd love to get this over to uh, JJ as well to give him some feedback on this as well. You can email us at rule the galaxy SW at gmail.com. Uh, again, thanks so much for listening tonight and until next time, may the force be with you.